Welcome once again to Cult Following, the Phoenix metro area's leading podcast on film, horror, and sci-fi, and all sorts of genres in between. I'm one of your four hosts for this edition, Victor Moreno, along with Jasperino. I am a pet sneak. Kirby Nelson. <laughs> and Joshua T. Rude. Dougie Jones. We're adventurers in the furthest reaches of film criticism. Angels to some, demons to others. In this edition, today happens to be what would have been Wes Craven's 77th birthday, so we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite films from the uh, Craven Meister himself, and we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been watching lately on home video or in theatrical release. If you like what we are serving up here, feel free to give us a review on iTunes at Cult Following. We're also on the World Wide Web at cultfalling.co where you can find our film criticism as well as our thoughts on all sorts of things. Uh, so we're just going to get started and see ya. Hey, Jasper, what have you been watching lately? I just have to say real quick that like uh, Kirby opens a LaCroix like, more hardcore than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking know it. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> You've just exposed him. You know, everyone's like, "Yeah, Kirby, he's my favorite." I bet he's drinking a Budweiser. Yeah, no, dude, man. he cracked two of them and poured them on himself like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> you guys didn't see it, hey man. You don't mess with the straight edge. Vegans, Sorry, yeah, man. man. The edge abides, but and that's all he's got to is. say about that. You're you're the truly hardcore though, Kirby. Seriously, I try, I try to be awesome. here. I'm, I, I'm actually the just becoming the old man Logan of the scene, <laughs> but that's it. I mean, it's all good. I saw like a one of the, I don't know, like those Facebook advertisements or whatever, and it was like it was like see the movie that redefined a genre, Logan. I was like redefined. Uh, I was genre. thinking of Steel Magnolias. Uh, <laughs> I I gotta imagine it's gotta be ain't difficult to be like the um, you know the uh tagline writers and the uh you know hype man the hype beast hype hype pr department for mm. anything now it's just like <laughs> yeah. i mean ollie was that all like tired and old hat at this point i mean it has been for 50 60 70 years of cinema eight what do we have like 80 years now of what you consider like yeah mainstream cinema yeah, i would man. consider like the 30s really the post the talkies era sure to now and it's like that line is everything define a redefine a generation right yeah exactly and you pick logan yeah yeah nobody <laughs> did taglines like mm -hmm. 80s horror movies though. that's true oh, man. nobody did we nope. could probably do an entire episode on that that would yeah. be good future yes. we future could make right. a i don't know a list or kind of overdone but we could like make a list for like our five top uh, we should each like find our, our favorite tagline and see if everyone can exactly. figure out what they are. Like, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we have that's a game. Well, not to jump into our meat, but I will say, <laughs> please the, jump uh, into my meat. Jump into the meat. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, to avoid fainting. <laughs> yeah, to avoid fainting. You know, avoid the meat here. Um, no, the uh, to avoid uh, fainting. Keep repeating. It's only a movie. Yes, so the last house on the yep. left, I think, is probably the other good one is one. from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. If Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she yeah. won't wake up, up at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. My, the hidden is one of my favorites. It's like really super long, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's robbed like six banks, da, 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 you know, and, um, and then, uh, you know, it like stole three Ferraris and it like goes into all this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, you know, I can't remember where it's like now the fun begins. Now it just yeah. became a cop. But nobody like reads now and that's yeah, the yeah, right. I know it's true. Oh, wait, I just saw one too. I, I'm jumping the gun eyes there. Fun house. Pay to get in. Pray, Pray to, to get, get out. out. That's yes. That's, That's got to be like the most short and sweet one, I think, right. out there. Ding dong, you're dead. Oh, house. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot one of my all time favorites. But yeah, I, um, yeah, the slasher is definitely. I think had we it need to. We're giving our. We're giving a future episode away. I know. Yeah, I we're know. just this a teaser, it's, right? It's like in in you know. It's like this is our teaser post. Just the appetizer tip. for the meat. Just the tip. <laughs> just the tip. And there, here's the uh, here's the tagline for that episode. It's called following like you've never seen it. And Kirby's going to give you just a tip. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a tip. <laughs> Kirby, Kirby's going to give it to you. A film just by Jordan Globus. Just a wait. Canon Films production. <laughs> just wait till we get to the meat. Starring uh, Sylvester Stallone as Kirby. Jump into the meat. Dude, I can't even begin to imagine that that how that was not a... Um... Chuck Norris as Joshua T. Ruth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. dude. Awesome, Chuck Did you Norris. ever see that? Kim? Yeah, you would, and then Jasper would be Charles Bronson. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I would be that like uh, Israeli kid, that's uh. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's an over the top in the oh, monkey movie. Geez. Awesome. Yes, I, I just it. think of that. Pardon me, sir. Can I see some identification? <laughs> All I can think of is that Key and Peele episode where they cover the fucking meeting for Gremlins 2, the new batch. Oh, that's such a that, good when skit. It, you're, oh, I was thinking of the one with uh, like doing a canon like round <laughs> table, like a brainstorming. Here, here's like, another that's it right fun there. future episode topic. Uh, we name the plot of a canon movie, and you decide if it's a real. Oh movie. my god! Yeah, oh, it's good. You know, we need to do that. A panel. That's a yeah. trivia. That's yeah, right. like a, right. you want something. We're gonna give it. Yeah, to audience you. participation. Can I just point out? One. I see. I see Kirby more of a Lee Marvin. Oh, than we, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Gonna paint your wagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one? One. Or the, I could be Robert Loja. One, one of the Robert many. Loja. Loja. One of the many things I learned from The Simpsons was who Lee Marvin is. Uh-huh. Lee Marvin and Copernicus. Mm. See, getting my Western civilization on. Mm. I swear I have learned more, like, found more. If there had been a Wikipedia or a Google when I was a kid, like, watching mm. The Simpsons, man, there's so many things just think, I hunted down. But yeah, cult following the mo- the podcast, the movie. Hey, Jasper, what did you watch last <laughs> week? Uh, you know? Uh, on the movie screen, you know? Don't encourage that because there pretty <laughs> soon is going to be Expendables, the podcast. Oh, like, man. They're eventually going to get together and it's like true. start doing it. They're going to realize I this because that, that's where. Find people... me on Twitter at I Would Break You. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's the thing. It's like celebrities have realized that, right? They've realized, oh, I'm a little washed up, but like I can be like can a god a podcast, amongst podcasters. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. Just look at us. 
Yeah. Could you imagine them doing like the episode with Steven Seagal as the guest? Oh my god! And just fucking with him the whole time. <laughs> and it would be even funnier if he didn't realize he was being fucked he, with. He, he would wouldn't not realize. He wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So, uh, have you taught your parrot Aikido? Well, you know, parrots they they learn from mimicry, so I assume he already knows Aikido. <laughs> Right. Oh my god. So I assume he. I assume my parent already knows Aikido. Obviously. What kind of question is that? It goes without saying. Do you know Aikido? Are you a parent? Uh, speaking of The Simpsons, uh, we haven't talked about the uh, the new Matt Groening show on. Uh, this is supposed to be on Netflix. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're about to say CCC. Yeah. I don't oh, really... and they're gonna re-release. Uh, they're gonna release season sixteen. Oh, really? They stopped uh, two or three years ago releasing DVD Blu-ray sets, and they actually are going to start again. Why? Uh-huh. Um, it basically Music they... rights issues like mm-hmm. everything else? No, I think it was just that um, I don't know Fox how they did must didn't... have thought the Blu-ray sales were dead. Yeah, or something. Resurgence. I, I don't remember when the Blu-ray sets started, but I mean, obviously, like, you know, you get to 16, 15, it's not like it's slowing down. They were probably selling a good amount. They put a lot of work into them, but I mean, it's not like the most exhaustive, like, oh, we had to go into the catacombs to get all this, <laughs> this, the, uh, these, these manuscript, these, uh, uh, the scrimshaw or some shit. To like, get our Simpsons treasure, yeah. send Nicolas Cage. Right. But they, um, yeah, they just stopped, and the only one they did on that was when the 20th anniversary happened in uh, 2007, when they trans- transformed the uh, 7-Elevens, the Quickie Marts, and oh, they yeah. did that full meal deal. That was fun. They, did, um, they released the 20th season, mm. on, uh, which is honestly one of the last seasons I remember watching actually on TV. What, what Do you know what season they're on now? Uh... Is if you tell me 27 or 28, I think. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I, I haven't watched the show since At least probably you didn't like say 40. Because no. I, I was per- totally prepared for 40. Something. No, no. No, I, I've heard he said Honest, at one they're point. They're probably on season. I think it's like 25 like, or 26. I think it's more than that because it's season, not 30. Here's how I gauge it. It's not 30 years. But it's like it came out in what, 90? Or it was I was going to say, here I ga- here's how I gauge it. I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school okay. when The Simpsons started. Mm hmm. And that was okay. That sounds like something a Gen Xer would say. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> um, and I have been married in August for 24 years, five, six. So that was what, 28 years ago? Mm-hmm. 27 years ago? So they got to be on season 26. They're on season yeah. 28. All right. Uh, They'll be on close. season 29. Yeah, so there it goes, yeah. You're missing the year there that there is. was three seasons. In, yeah. So. Season uh, 20, 28 just closed on May 21st, 2017. So they'll be rolling to season 29. Well, wow. there was a writer's strike one yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So have, did you get a chance to watch anything this week, Jasper? Uh, the only thing we did this week was we binged uh, Orange is the New Black season five. Oh, yeah? Which uh, I would say, well, yeah, because we've been on board since it began. And uh, if anybody's keeping up with it, it's just uh, after the prison riot. So it was the one where they got out of prison last year or the year before? Wait, they got out of prison? Like, they're no. all, it ends with all of them, like, in a lake. Like they. Oh, like, no, that was the season before. Okay, so that's the last time I watched yeah. it. So, oh. well, here's the thing. Here's the Living gem. in the past, man. If you guys aren't even into this show, I would recommend you watch episode nine. Because okay. latest season? Yeah, even if you don't like it, but okay. you like horror movies. Okay. They purposely did a... I, I'm 
believe it was a satirical take on horror movies because one of the uh <clears throat> one of the big burly guards that had been abusing them to begin with snuck past the police lines and all that and snuck into the building and spent the episode stalking them and capturing them and like locking them in this closet but it was all the typical horror movie tropes uh. with like the the girls at the end of the hallway and behind her, or she's in the hallway, and behind her at the end of the hallway, he's standing there, and then they switch scenes for her turning around, and he's gone. And then they do the whole, what was that? Is there somebody there? And then they do the whole where there's two of them, and one of them is gone, and they're like, this isn't funny. I know you're over there. That whole, every, the whole trope city. Every horror movie trope is in this episode, trope and it's city. freaking hilarious. So even if you don't like Oranges and New Black, go watch uh, Season 5, Episode 9, because it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. Just like I would tell people that aren't into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or just starting out, watch Season 4, Episode 4, which is the Halloween episode. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you didn't say the musical the, one. No, no, it's the Fear yeah, Demon Halloween. that's actually what I thought he was going to say, too. The Fear Demon Halloween episode. It is the best Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode of all time, and it's amazing. So nice. do your homework, guys. And that's what I've been up to. Ah, uh, Kirby. I'll have to look. I've been banking them for the last couple of weeks. So Spanking them? What? Banking them and spanking <laughs> oh. them with, with my manly vegan meat. Just this is where, you, where I would cue the floppy noise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jump and into the garden. Um, let me see here. So, not a huge amount. Um, I did catch a while back and had meant to review it, but... And I, I maybe I will sometime, but it's um I finally watched uh, or I watched uh Castlevania Valerian? on Netflix. Oh, I uh, saw that too. I totally damn you, you son of a bitch! <laughs> we were trying to get through this. Hey, you had, to, had to put uh, it somewhere. You had to you put it Valerian. Oh. You said the B word. <laughs> um, I did finally see uh or I said I watched Castlevania. Which, when I watch it, was on the weekend. Uh, it's a Netflix animated series. Uh -huh. And I'm sitting there like... Is I it really, though? Oh, I'll yeah. get to that once you're yeah. done talking. So I <laughs> sat down and watched it, thinking I was getting all ready. And it's an hour and a half. Yeah. It's yeah. 20 minutes. It's like an hour <laughs> and some change. Um, so that was over really quick. Man, you bought snacks and everything. I did. I really actually, like, <laughs> full-on Al bundy on the couch, which I do every time. But it was literally like, oh, man, like, I'm going to binge this. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, Turns out it was just a light snack. Yeah, very, very Turned light snack. Turned out it was snack. like tapas. <laughs> yes. <A> small hummus. <laughs> well, and that's about the amount that my you know my uh, appetite for anime right. is so yeah. it was a good amount. Yeah, but, um, I've still only ever watched the first episode. I didn't watch anything past that, but I like that. It first gets episode. much better. Yeah, I like. Wow, it. that's yeah. You don't. Yeah, that's not exactly great for commitment when you can't commit the other <laughs> hour to it. <laughs> might not have known. You yeah. might have spoiled how short. Know, it was. Right. But it was. It was just, no. It was just one of those ones where I was like, okay, I'm gonna. I start watching the first episode. I'm like. Uh, how much more am I gonna have to do? But it, I, I'm Josh, a, if you want to run to the living room real quick, and we could, watch yeah, it, you'll probably <laughs> could. wrap it up and you know, be like, back we're before we're back. Done. Kirby's like done talking. <laughs> oh, no, I I finished watching it and good. I ate a snack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> much. Um, I, you know what I will say just before we jump jump off of this. I, I watched the first episode, the one it's all about Dracula, and he's kind of like this, the, like the pre or uh, pre uh, prologue. Kind yeah, of yeah, episode, and it's yeah. kind of like, oh, hey, now we're gonna have a whole TV show about like 
you know, morally ambiguous Dracula. And then he doesn't show up for the rest of the series. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. I had no idea. Yeah. And then, you know, I will say, like, the fight scene between the the two characters, so I won't spoil it for Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last episode is really good. Yeah, it was really well done. We're, like, well animated and, like, good drama. I I like the the style of it. I like the story. I think it works. Um, Not a huge spoiler or anything. It is the... um, Dracula three, uh, or Castlevania three, Dracula's cursed. Uh, oh, I cast. thought it was Super Castlevania four. No, it's, is it? So is it Trevor Belmont? It's yeah, Trevor Belmont cool. with Cypher. Um, Grant hasn't appeared yet. Um, Alucard is in it. Alucard nice. is in it though. So I love me some Castlevania three. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not like a huge yeah. spoiler or anything. I mean, like from the first, by the time you, you're oh, you're right. Trevor it is Belmont. Castlevania three. You yeah. can pick any of them to play. Yeah, yeah. duh. Yeah, yeah. switch awesome. between them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it it I enjoyed it. Like I'm a big Castlevania. Well, Warren fan. Ellis wrote the whole series yeah. too. Yeah, and it, it's just one of those stories that you know it's it's um, it, you know the game series after Symphony and Symphony of the Night kind of went down the whole. It became a completely different Rondo series. Rondo of Blood is good the, too, but it was only in Japan. Japan, yeah, yeah. And then they have, I mean, the well, it's the, yeah, the Castlevania Dracula X Rondo Blood, and then yeah. you have the what Sincero to the Butchered Port, um, that was Dracula X on SNES, right? And then they also, which was li- when they did the anniversary, they did the um, uh, one on PSP with that, and there was the also, DS games, are yeah, the DS too. games though. The Metroidvania was just never my thing. I mm-hmm. like Sympathy of the Night. Is, see, is it just me? Like, I never, like, I guess never really equated Castlevania Metroid as, like, the same genre. Well, here's the thing. It's because, it's because as Kirby's Symphony talking about Night. Symphony of the Night, uh-huh. which is really, and, and I mean, this has been brought up a lot on, like, video game forums and everything. It's like, you shouldn't really call this a Metroidvania. It's just a Metroid. Because mm-hmm. really, the reason that Symphony of the Night was the way it was is because it was aping Metroid. Yeah. And so really, there is no metroidvania it's just metroid um but you know i mean that's that's the commonly accepted term now. well yeah it's because it, it was basically metroid with castlevania elements but yeah the right. heart of it is metroid i mean or i will say that symphony of, of the it. night like oh mother brain of it gotcha you, you got a real mother brain on your shoulders i'll tell you that um but we're not gonna do any more captain yeah. n-esque humor for I the rest know. of this episode <laughs> mega yeah right um <laughs> oh. wow deep wow. cut we need a special sound effect for deep cut uh, deep cut 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 um but uh no like um here's what i will say for symphony of the night is symphony of the night had like it introduced leveling up you know and like different like weapons and stuff that you would just pick up and equip and stuff like that whereas like metroid didn't really have a lot of that so i can understand with the metroidvania thing it typically means leveling up it means loot um you know things like that which metroid didn't really have it basically became a uh very it was basically taking the jrpg um you know uh, hud it's it's almost like it's you know the, some of the elements of it and and grafting it on. I mean, they create their own thing in the end, but it was just, and obviously it was very successful. Right, it's what most people consider Castlevania, and then they did the Lords of Shadow games, which are kind of like uh, the God of War. They also exactly. now are called the God of Vania games. And for me, I'm just an old school uh, Castlevania Four is my favorite game. 
I mean, one of my favorite games of all time. Such a good game. It's dude. such a perfect game. Um, perfect score. You know, I mean, all the Castlevania music is incredible. That part where like everything's like it's like uses the mode seven, seven and it's yeah. all spinning behind you. Oh, dude! And it's then so good. the um, all the ones where you got balance and stuff are just it's just insane. Where the room rotates. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. I love Castlevania, but it's just one of those things where I do think there are two camps of Castlevania, and I was worried this was going to become way too much of the RPG anime Castlevania, which I'm sure are great games. I've never had any doubt of that mm-hmm. beyond Sympathy and Night, which is really the only one I've played. I just don't have time to dedicate to games like that. Sure. That's And one of these days I hope to so I can play them more. But um, Order, this, Order of Ecclesia is fantastic. Yeah. It's the second one on DS. So That's the way I hear it. I, I know yeah. a lot of people are fans of Aria Sorrow and um, um, you know, I've heard Circle of the Moon's really good too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the games. But just one day I'll catch up on my 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 uh, gaming stack is taller than my movie right. stack at this point in time. The good thing with those games is they are good second screen games. You know, yeah. you can put on a series that you're binging in the background and just play on that. You yeah. Know? But um, Castlevania, like I said, you're not making a major investment in the show. Uh, you're going to sit down and watch it, so it, it's worth checking out. I mean, so that was good. Uh, Speaking of my unwatched film stack at uh, Mad Monster Party this year, I was uh, very happy to meet the folks behind Pool Party Massacre and picked it up. And uh, it's actually really enjoyable. Like, I don't have a lot of expectations. You know, I kind of like, oh, this kind of looks like a trauma movie or, you know, something very low budget. And it is. But it's also, it does the best it can with what it's got and then some. Like, I thought the acting was good the kills were fun um you know it was enjoyable like i just had fun with the movie so it was definitely i i definitely worth checking out i really dug it for that it's just you know vintage old school kind of slasher but you know uh hold on one second excuse me he headbutted the mic. Uh, I headbutted the mic. <laughs> that's how, my, that's how that's excited how he was. Stone Cold yeah. Kirby rolls. That Lacroix, man. Um, yeah, it's just fun. Got me amped up here. <laughs> um, on the Cult Falling Rager. Um, Drew, who uh, was the director and is in the movie, wrote it too. He, um, you know, he got, he's from Vegas, I believe, and it's like shot in Vegas and done. You know, very like with the um, you know, sun shining and all things. He just knows what he has. He shoots right. it in a modern house. It's kind of like you're sitting there going in a point like I think we're so used to movies, um, even old low budget 80s kind of films. You know, they did what they had. Yeah. And, you know, back then it just was easier, especially on grainier stock. It's hard to shoot in HD and it's make true. it look like gritty. Um, but they did a really good job um, with it. So I had a lot of fun. Um that's really? something I think about sometimes, right? Is that even like the old B movies back then, like we're still shooting on film. Yeah. You know? And then mm. film just makes everything look better. Well, if you're shooting on eight mil some people are shooting on eight millimeter film still, sixteen right. millimeter. Um, you know, and we're making movies that, you know, but you shoot you have less light because mm-hmm. the camera couldn't pick it up. Yeah. You know, it just was an era where films could look a lot more um, menacing. Yeah. Um, and this one plays up much more of the humor than the gore. And so, you know, I just think in the eighties and stuff, it's, it's just difficult to do that. Like, 
you, or wasn't difficult to play up the the horrific aspects. Um, you could hide things. Mm-hmm. The practical effects. That's why practical effects look better then. Yeah, There's true. amazing practical like, effects now. You see these now. Blu-ray transfers yeah. now, and you see all this shit, and you're like, wow, those were so obvious, but then you weren't really expected to see all that stuff because no, the resolution yeah. wasn't The that number high. one movie, do not watch on Blu-ray, is The NeverEnding Story. You will never look at Balcor oh. the same way again. <laughs> Do not ever watch the Never Ending Story. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you don't like Never Ending Story, do no, you? No, it's fine. Yeah. I, I loved it. It's one of my favorites as a kid. But it the the it's kind of like I even have a hard time as much as I respect Richard Donald's Balcor Superman. barely holds up standard. Yeah. You know? He's I don't still want... all I want for yeah. fucking Christmas for the last 30 years. <laughs> Not a good guy at all. I just want your friend to the end. end. <laughs> I do want, speaking of our quick diversion into the uh, toy, uh, I know we talked about a little before, but man, I had to get that Chucky Ultimate figure. That nice, just dude. So nice. amazing. And then I saw those Jason and Freddy statues and I'm like, the ultra deluxe ones are like 1800 yeah, I'm good for a while. I've seen those. I I, I just don't need. Cl- well, the Freddy one looks good. I the Jason one. Jason I, one doesn't look as good as the Freddy. The Freddy uh, descending. The Freddy's all about his thing. base. Yeah, the base. I don't, have is you incredible. seen this, Jasper? It's a Freddy sideshow statue, and he's like coming out of a boiler. Nice. That's awesome. It's just the. I visual stay away effect. from the sideshow website because it makes me sad. <laughs> I really want. I, speaking of being sad at sideshow shit, like I just saw they they have like a premium format Iron Giant with light up eyes uh-huh. that I want so bad. And it's like only one hundred and fifty dollars a month. And I'm like, no. Oh, sh- how expensive is? I think it it's it... like eight hundred. Holy crap! I'm like just that. showing the guys, dude. The, uh, that is so Freddy sick. Statue. Is that like a is that like an Infinity Mirror thing that goes probably, down? Probably, probably. So yeah. cool. But I yeah, mean, you can just tell like they're really stepping it up. Um, yeah. I also got the news this week that uh, they started posting details uh, for those who may have already picked up the Shout Factory Limited Nightbreed. Well, now there's Nightbreed the Cabal Cut direct from Clive Barker's it's website. It's limited to something stupid. 250 copies. Wow. Are you serious? And originally they were saying it was going to be like 200 bucks. And now they're saying it's probably like only gonna be a hundred. Is like, this really worth it though? You realize it's probably seriously. like a DVR. Or something. How are you what gonna is get be- that though? Like, well, it's only available through a site and for one time only. Yeah, they're probably just gonna burn up to that many. Yeah, yeah, but so I mean, it hasn't gone on sale yet, Mm-mm. so it's gonna be like a Mondo thing where it's oh, gonna be like, like hey, yeah. the biggest it's Mondo out, thing of all time, and then it's gone. Probably like right. for this kind of stuff. Hey, bots, are you interested? Pretty much. <laughs> Stupid. But um, I don't know. I like Nightbreed, but I was never like that. In I, it's a good movie. Oh, I, I feel Nightbreed. like it's it's one of those movies that like for some reason has mystically become much more popular. Right. Now like I have it. I have it on. I have it on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think Nightbreed. I need any other. Uh, I mean, it's extended edition, I think. But yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think uh, what it is is the extra elements aren't Blu-ray quality, right? No, the blue, the ones in the 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 Scream Factory one are Blu-ray quality, and the Cabal cut. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be like, yeah. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be. Um, what happened was that um, it's kind of like the Exorcist three that Scream Factory mm-hmm. put out. It's gonna be a VHS work mm-hmm. print. It's gonna right. be like dailies essentially, where they are. Um, you know, it is not going to be high quality. It's certainly going to be the first thing from HD, and it's going to be a jarring disconnect between mm-hmm. when you go from the regular upgrade. But um, 
there are things that are going to be in the Cabal Cup. Do you guys obviously think we're, not we're too the... spoiled nowadays? Like, well, here's everything my... has to be like the exact same quality throughout. It's not enough to just. Well, here's my it. here's my thought on it, and uh, I've been thinking a lot on this lately because I have to pick and choose. Well, I'm sure we all do, but I have to pick and choose what I buy and what I don't buy. And I know we've touched on this before about it comes to the point where how blatantly are you going to take advantage of my geekdom? You know what I mean. I have a good example. For well, here's done. my good example is, and I uh, don't get me wrong because I I buy these Screen Factory. Yeah, yeah. Screen you're, Factory is also the culprit in the one I'm going to bring up. You're paying, uh, let's say, Chopping Mall. Uh huh. I like Chopping Mall. I like watching Chopping Mall. But let's be real, Chopping Mall is not a good movie. Yeah, but this is Lions and you're going to pay. Out. But the only thing, yeah. but the thing about the and you're chopping paying twenty five bucks but the premium thing, but for a Blu-ray. The only thing I will say about Chopping Mall, just as an example, is is that it's one of the few ones that actually really is the upgrade because all that was ever released was a pan scan DVD. Or let's say, well, okay, let's I, okay, maybe that's a bad like Blood Diner. Or not, yeah. not a good movie. Oh, here's one. Uh, also Mike, in the Bastron no, no. collection. Yeah. yeah. It's very funny. Or, yeah, go on. But what I'm saying is, try finding this movie online or anywhere. Go to Zia and try to find it for less than 25 bucks. You're not going to. Well, but when in actuality, when you, and you're getting, you're getting, cause holy shit, I can finally get this on Blu-ray. And I never, it was, some of these were never even released on DVD and da da da. But the thing is, in actuality, most of these are $5 bargain bin movies, mm. but we've packaged them in a way. Oh, now there's all these special well, features, that's what blah, you're blah, blah. For, yeah. Exactly. And, and I'm saying it's a bad thing. Um, because I've, I buy those movies, you know, and when, uh, well, I guess it depends on how into it you are, but, that it kind of starts there, but then it gets to where I'm like, like I said, I don't, I don't go to certain websites because they make me sad because I, I'm never going to get that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the capital, that, the you know? capital letter, uh, uh, money grab reissued in every format, every few months movie. It used to be Army of Darkness back oh, in yeah. the day. I'll tell you what it is oh, now. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is now. It's the thing on Blu-ray. Yep. There's a new version of the thing on Blu-ray literally every few months. There's yeah, been like dude. three different, no, four different versions of the thing from different companies solicited in like the last two months. Yep. You know, and it's like, and that's, and this is like a mainstream title. And it's not just that, dude, but it's like of the vinyls too. How many yeah. thing vinyls are there? Right. Like, or, you know, records. Um, you know, you've got, I mean, that's, that's something. There's so many different versions of that thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it gets that, really crazy. I think, I get where you're coming from, but I think that plays into, cause they know they can. It's like Jasper right. was saying, yeah. like, you yeah. know, you, you know, you're going to get, but I think when you start with vinyl collectors who are already compulsive about variants yeah. Oh, yeah. and colorways and stuff like that, you already, uh, you know, it's, it's an easy market to capitalize on. But with, um, you know, certain films, like I said, if it's the first time and you like it or you're interested, you decide how much you want to spend on it. Like, exactly. I, well, and for you can example, vote with your dollar, you know. And that's the thing. Like, I, I usually wait, especially like the Scream Factory stuff. I'd like to get that whole collection. But I try to wait until I can find it used yeah. or discounted somewhere mm -hmm. or something like that. But when Return of the Living Dead 3 came out, mm -hmm. 
I went the day it came out, and I was like, shut up and take my $30, because that's one of my favorite movies, and I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for it to be released on Blu-ray. Yeah. You know? So stuff like that. And there, there may be people out there like, oh, that's a shitty movie, just like Chopping Mall, but I'm like, I think it, that's why I'm saying it's all perspective. Yeah, it's I true. Know. Like, did it mean something to you? Exactly. You know? Well, and that's same little... thing with the uh, well, the the first Return of the Living Dead when that mm-hmm. when Scream Factory released that, I was like, hot damn, because they had a Blu-ray already, but it wasn't with all the special features yeah, and right. shit. And so I, was but, like, I want yeah. Part Two so bad. Exactly. Know, that's why is all that I, one exactly. out? Part Two is the way I understand. Is it's it is the music. It yeah, is. exactly. God, the way I understand. That's such a good movie, yeah. man. <laughs> but it's There's it's just it, it's about one it. of those things <laughs> where like I can understand those or even like Suspiria, how like there's Synapses putting out a new version and they they you know timed it, color corrected everything themselves at a 4K scan. I buy Synapses stuff, but goddamn, it isn't cheap, and they know that you're yeah. gonna do it because it's the only place, only way you can get it. And like, um, you know, like I bought popcorn from them. Right. And it's like it's like a forty dollar movie, Dude. or like even Phenomena or um, any of the or uh, what, Tenebra, you know. Yeah. All, well, they did the um, all the full. Well, they yeah, you too. can get you can get no, the Arrow. Well, they they basically it's the it's the uh, the what do you call it? Like the four way death match with it's like Scream Factory, Arrow, Synapse, Code Red. Scorpion. I mean, now I'm like getting into the five way. It's like pretty soon you got like six. No, seven and companies. Sony. Sony announced this past week because I got a press release for it to our website, so they know who they're they're targeting. Uh, about nine seven six evil. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> and like, they're of course the box looks like an old box. Like they know who this is aimed at exactly. Well, they're gonna, the yeah. best Tron was the successful one for Lionsgate, and I know where Jazz was talking about with the money because. They've actually maintained that price point. Those have not gone mm-hmm. gone lower than twenty two bucks, unless you're catching on like a clearance sale or something. Yeah. I haven't known any website to get lower than twenty bucks, and so it's like whereas all the other stuff kind of goes here and there. But I just, I, I mean, you know, the the I, I mean, Anchor Bay was the king for so long. With the, it, it's not even quadruple dipping. You've hit a point where. I don't even know with Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, Halloween. Um, there's probably one or two others that have hit a point where it's like too many, just too many copies. And then Scream did the the one. Scream's also got real as much as I love them. They also got a really bad problem with defective discs. Oh really? Um, which they yeah, because they're out. They're always rushing because I'm sure part of it's that they only have so much time to sell them. Yeah. Before the license is up. Because I know that that's one thing Severin's always told me, that they only have so long. That's why you see sometimes if you go see Severin, who put out amazing films, they only sometimes, um, which I know you talk like the 2000 AD, that's yeah. a Severin. They've actually been launching more into the documentaries, but they only have so much time on them. Yeah. I've got and a defective, uh, my It Follows disc is defective. And it's it? such a bummer because it's, obvi- you know, it's like one of my favorite freaking movies. Mm-hmm. And it like always skips. And I've looked. I mean, it's perfect. There's not no scratches or smudges on it. It just always skips in the same place. And so I'm like, what do I do? You know, like, do I like, like go and buy one from Zia and then like return it, it or yeah. something? I hate to say know? it, but I've seen, I've bought <laughs> stuff from Zia where people totally dumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's the, but yeah, I, I hate that defective disc thing, man. But um, yeah. Other than that, though, just to wrap up my end of things, um, 
I just, I like I said, I've been red boxing stuff here and there, and one of the ones I took a chance on, I'd seen the trailer. I don't know if it might have been theatrically or just on the beginning of like a Blu-ray or DVD, but um, I sat and watched Wilson. Wilson, what's that one? It's uh, Woody Harrelson. It's a um, and I didn't notice until I got to the end of the film because I don't follow his work that much. It's a Daniel Klaus adaptation. Oh, and um, it's basically so if you're a fan of his other work, which uh, is uh, like Ghost World and oh, um, okay, cool. you know stuff. You might like this to a point. I mean, it's like a very dark, dark comedy, right? Um, it kind of runs out of steam, but the one thing I like about it is it's kind of relentless. Um. You know, it doesn't really have it does it's not very held together very well, but that's kinda of the way I consider life to be sometimes. So as it has like uneven uh transitions, it still was enjoyable. It's just basically uh Woody Harrelson is a uh ends up his father dies, he's um his best friend leaves town and he's alone. His his ex left him a long time ago and um he ends up tracking his ex down by chance when he finds out about the internet. He so it's kind of like a Jane Silent Bob right. strike back tip, and he ends up like finding out that he his his girlfriend's back in town. His uh, ex girlfriend saw and, the preview yeah, for this, and he's um has a kid, and then it becomes like the misadventures of them and the child that they left for adoption. And um, <laughs> but it goes down like a lot of different myriad paths. But it was it was interesting. It was not. Com- Parts of it were predictable, but same time not what I was expecting. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, did you have one? Was that yawn or? Uh... Yeah, I I didn't have lunch today. So. Oh, okay, just making sure. <laughs> I think uh, that's part of my problem. Is I'm hangry. That's why I'm complaining about uh, <laughs> rays and shit. <laughs> Lower the prices and feed them. Um, the. Uh, uh, the only other thing I can think of that I um I I because we already threw out the the Valerian. Um, <laughs> Stop I, saying it. Yes, damn it. Say, if uh, you say it one more time, it'll uh, appear it'll in right. Appear, it'll candy <laughs> Kill man. Us it's all. Ass. Um, Start talking about how it's a bad boy. <laughs> and, uh. Um, but I did. Uh, it was my father's seventieth uh, birthday. Um, and we went and saw Dunkirk in IMAX. <laughs> and as my father was a veteran and he is a big fan of war films, he um, also is an artillery. So he doesn't have a lot of hearing left to begin with, or at oh, least perfect. has diminished hearing. So he, he was, uh, he was uh, yeah, took a little bit away. You did know, he happy, enjoy happy the film? Happy birthday, Pop. Uh, yeah, he really did. My father's a huge World War uh, um to aficionado. I mean, he was born right at the beginning of the baby boomer generation, basically. And, um, you know, he was very fascinated by that era all his life. And, um, you know, he enjoys a lot of the movies, um, both classic and modern. And, you know, I think we both enjoyed it. Um, I, I can't say it was the most amazing film I've ever seen because it really wasn't. I just, it was the thing I would say about the most because I don't want to go into any more Dunkirk discussion. No offense, but it's just it really is um, much more straightforward and immersive than I expected. Yeah. Um, that's its comments. I can say is, is I don't think it has any agenda. I don't think it has any kind of. Um, yeah, that's what I was thing. talking about. Yeah, like it when, kind of, you know, it's not that yeah, kind of Fox it's News just, movie, right? You know, well, it's, no, it's it's not that, but it's also not anything like even with the kind of um the thing that i thought about too was it um 
isn't uh i'm trying to think of the word here like uh morality as yeah. based as i expected it's like to. kind of morally agnostic yeah, yeah people are like oh it's this and that and i'm going well it's not really either or it doesn't that's the thing is that i don't actually think it has any um motive agenda anything in particular i mean it's very centered on each individual soldier's yeah um journey in this thing where you know you really there's no introductions there's no real anything i like that like i say it has its its finer points i just the thing about it is that i just didn't um i don't think it was gory i don't think it was over the top like um where I felt like, oh my god, this is gonna trigger PTSD. I'm not a soldier, so I'm not gonna say that might or might not. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, I mean, the the uh, the sound quality, especially in IMAX, yeah. even if you're not a vet, may end up uh, causing some uh, yeah, shakes. No, that's it, more. It, it wasn't a, like the goriness. It's yeah. just that the suddenness. Yeah, of, like, it's very. It'll powerful. be quiet, and then like a bullet will ring yeah. out. You know, it's like a bullet will ting off a metal so loud, and you're like, oh my god, what the hell? I still think for me the definitive experience so far for a war movie um i think like experience wise i still think like full metal jacket is the real deal yeah in terms of that lesser side they don't show much on in and thing i mean even just the the whole since so much centers around the the boot camp sure. elements but i think the the normandy uh uh scene in saving private ryan is probably the most definitive to date um yeah. i think it's it is it's unflinching um, and Dunkirk had some of the elements of that, and I think I actually did have some of the elements of Thin Red Line. If I look back at the two biggest war movies mm-hmm. of the last uh, probably twenty years, sure, um, for that era. Um, and then finally, I'll go out on a, a happier note. I, unless I see something else to date, Girls Trip is the fucking funniest movie of the year. Oh really? I, I laugh my fucking ass off that's like, unexpected i could not even begin to tell you how funny this movie I don't is. Even know what that is girls trip it's nice. um it's it's basically isn't like, queen latifah in this it's movie? queen latifah jada pinkett smith um regina king and then um did they get tiffany haddish or haddish <laughs> huh <laughs> they get their groove back <laughs> they did <laughs> oh that I mean, that's the thing you watch the trailer and you go it's basically, you know, there's a lot of people go, well, it's a black bridesmaids. That's basically where mm. a lot of people come from. But it's actually, to me, way more just, um, I mean, just generally funny. I was going to say, I would yeah. argue if it was funny, it's not bridesmaids. Well, see, I, oh. Oh, snap. See, I, I personally love Someone's love been drinking their haterade. Hey, hey. <laughs> How dare they make fun of churrascarias? Brazilian steakhouses are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I love Bridesmaids, so that's probably why I liked it. it. Appealed to my sense of humor. I do think there was a deeper layer in this movie that um, hit on a lot of points, especially the end speech that Regina King gives. But it's just funny. I mean, like I'm not. It's nothing like, oh, this is oh some witty British humor or something <laughs> like. It's not at all. It's just. It's also not so juvenile. It's just right. funny. Like I, I mean. I laughed. It's not a movie I'm going to think about forever, but that's the thing with comedies now more and more. I don't remember them. I don't. I, the the jokes. so weird. They, well, they're, the, what I'm saying is it's all. I, I get it. It's yeah. all they're like kind of disposable. I just, things are more disposable mm-hmm. now, but I could watch this movie again and I would laugh again. Uh, not yeah. as hard probably as the first time because it lessens the impact. 
that's part of why it's not a complete shock and awe movie mm-hmm. um the way a lot of comedies are way too much too bombastic yeah but i just think it's one of those movies where it's really genuinely funny awesome man. and it's just one of those things where but i mean you have to like that kind of comedy and if you don't then you don't but i am so burnt out on i mean like i think you can be funny in a lot of different ways i'm just burnt out on a lot of movies now where i feel like the humor i'm like like a lot like one of the big movies i do not i'm not a fan of and this is not to get into fight like that I don't find like Wes Anderson movies funny or interesting or anything. You take me. that back. I would totally agree with that. So you well, both take that back. A matter of taste. It, it, no, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. Like comedy's a matter of taste. But then it's funny. Like I find a lot of comedy movies, especially when you talk about like the classics of comedy from right. 60s, 70s, 80s to now. Like there's a universal universality, like where people always are like, man, that's one of the funniest movies ever made, mm-hmm. and. And it's a weird gamut because you have like an airplane blazing saddles thing. Nice, to like... nice nurses uniform guy. <laughs> They're OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Oh, are they? <laughs> See, yeah, it's like comedy gold. You know that's and that's the thing. It's one or two. The one, the one in uh, I Heart Huckabee's. The, uh, that's rock. a movie I can't stand. You dude. know, you rock, rock. I'm like, I actually kind of <laughs> laugh, and then I'm like, the rest of it, I'm like, this is just. You well, know? it just varies too because, yeah. like, I think of movies like. Southland Tales, right? <laughs> right. Which you have to argue is that a comedy or is he like trying to use comedians in an experimental way? Bro, I think I don't know what I that movie what is, that... man. Um, I would just, if I hadn't seen the box, you know, I would say I might have a different answer, but now I just think Richard, you know, Kelly's lost it, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, just... he was clearly a one hit one. Yeah, clearly. But it's just like, that's just such a weird movie because The Rock is really good in it. I think that's before anybody really knew what he could do. He was good and be cool. Yeah, well, he that was, was when he got discovered. Yeah, he was much. great in that. Like, yeah. I like because like, before that it was like cool. he was in Scorpion King for like three mm-hmm. minutes, and the rest he was a CGI character. Yeah, I call him Future President Rock. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, true, true. But there isn't. Uh, I mean, I just feel like comedy. It's it is come on, Life Aquatic though. You gotta love Life, life I just Aquatic. Don't I just don't? Willem like Dafoe in that here's movie. Here's the thing. Hang on. <laughs> and, and this is maybe a good or bad analogy, I don't know. Wes Anderson, it's like Sonic Youth. There are no, like, casual Sonic Youth fans. Either you're really into Sonic Youth or you just don't like them. You're, yeah. It's the same thing. Like, you're really, like, because every Wes Anderson fan I know is like, you guys, that's the shit, man. Yeah, you're either really well, into it or you just don't care for it's it. It's really you know? funny, though, because, like, I, I find... The last Wes Anderson movie I was, like, really into was, like, Darjeeling Limited. Uh-huh. And, like, I wasn't even into, like, Moonrise Kingdom at all. Oh, I love that movie. But um, but what about freaking Fantastic Mr. Fox, dude? That movie's awesome. I think, see, that to me is... I love the animation. Yeah. I think yeah. that's absolutely amazing. And I think the cat voice casts are great. I think he puts great casts together. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just one of those things right. where how it's written and stuff. And again, I'm not taking it strictly as a comedy totally. because not everything he makes well, is and it's meant dry to be humor taken that too. way. Like, yeah. yeah, and like I like Rushmore and Life Aquatic and Royal Tannenbaums are all like dry humor. And I feel all like, of them are Bottle Rocket. Well, yeah, Bottle yeah, Rocket yeah. too. All of that, I feel like that well, one's I did a like little more broad, a lot right. more than I like. But it. I think part of that too is the fact that Owen Wilson co-wrote yeah. those movies. Yeah, it's very yeah. true. Absolutely, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, wow. 
Well, you seen that thing know. that was like it was like some <laughs> it was it was it like Star Wars? <laughs> it was Star Wars, and it was a lightsaber battle. Uh, it was the lightsaber battle from Phantom Menace, but all the lightsaber sounds were replaced with Owen Wilson going, "Wow, oh my god!" <laughs> so it was like, "Wow, wow, wow." It was that so had to have gotten really annoying. When I, when I went to <laughs> when I went to uh, when I was in college, they were, they filmed old school while I was going there, and uh, my friend uh, Jared, who grew up. Um, with me he's in it he's a really fat black kid uh-huh and um he's in a lot of movies actually that time period but uh, i ran into him and he introduced me to a bunch of people and he introduced me to luke wilson who was really nice nice <laughs> and dude. i told him like the, what i talked to luke wilson about, i was like oh i'm I, you know i you you and your brother were like so good in the royal tannenbaums you did such a good job yeah. on that script it's like Oh, thank you very much. It's like all of them had <laughs> It seems like 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 Luke Wilson would be the nicest guy yeah. in the world, you know, doesn't it? Yeah. It just seems like that guy would just be yeah. so and nice. Hat tip and Swan was a dick. Oh Ooh, the second I didn't have cigarettes didn't have a second to talk to me. Oh wow. <laughs> He's yeah. actually the only celebrity I've ever encountered that wasn't like convention like on the streets. I saw yeah. him at the uh what do you call it? I call it the White People Mall on 24th Street in Camelback. Oh, the one that's literally the all white. Yeah. Or yeah. a town and country? It's the, yeah. No, no, no. It's the one next to, um, across oh, the street the from the AMC the Esplanade. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. The the Sorry, the whitest of the malls. The whitest Even whiter than Fashion Square. Right. For, those, but, but for those not in Phoenix, <laughs> it's where our Apple store is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah there yeah. you well, go. We've got a couple of them, but, but it's, it's like, the, that's down the street. It's down the street from where the $5 million homes are. Yeah, exactly. It's a very exclusive, very expensive area. But I remembered him walking up, and I didn't. it's not like I got starstruck or anything like that. I just. I'm respectful to people. Like, sure, I don't want to be a dick. Sure. So I just, you know, gave him a head and I was like, what's up? You know, kind of thing. And said, but I was just blown away about like, how, fucking, a how fucking tall he is. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, he is huge. Like, met Stallone once and he's super short. Like, yeah. and he's way shorter than you think he is. You know? Oh, yeah. Most actors are, like, yeah. really short. It's really strange when yeah. you meet them. For but, sure. um, yeah, that's pretty much my wrap up. So. Nice. Anything you watch recently, Joshua? Man, I'm telling you, I'm just watching this Laura Palmer pop vinyl. Like, <laughs> and like, I mean, sometimes you see a thing. Like, I feel I had this feeling with uh, the Ed 209, which I know that you could probably witness my erection from uh, space. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. I really like. It's a thing with me. Like, I I really hate pop vinyls, dude. Like, I hate. Hang them. on. I think I, I'm not gonna. Okay, so uh, you'll want to know this, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, as we were sitting here, I was looking at the Laura Palmer Pop 2. Yeah. So I decided to cruise over to Amazon on my phone. And Me look too. It up to see how much. They have everybody from that show. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's I the realize. only one I would I would, get. I would only but want that yeah, one. And, yeah, uh, yeah they're, uh, I was really pleasantly surprised yeah, yeah. at the price. I want to know your Kyle McLaughlin and probably gonna collection. Order one get no, there. no, I don't need that. Like, if I could get a Kyle McLaughlin from, like, from, from the Showgirls or, like, from Trigger the Effect, <laughs> you know, like, or The Hidden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, I mean, I would even take, like, a, a Paul Atreides. You know, I would take a, yeah, exactly, you know, so. Well, that would be cool because the eyes would be really blue. Oh, dude. They could have a glow in the dark eyes. Um, that and I also need to pick up that four pack <laughs> Twin Peaks. Yeah, that, that oh, yeah. Thing over there. Where Laura Palmer yeah, is the yeah. corpse. But yeah, so uh, for the yeah. listeners who don't know what I'm staring at intently right now, it's Laura Palmer pop vinyl, but she's like wrapped up in the plastic. We you know, need to check. It's a pop of a dead yeah. body. Yeah, yeah. that's the only amazing. reason I bought it. Well, the great it, thing it, is. It, it has a stand right. because it's like. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, the great thing is the Popeyes are still Popeye. The pop eyes are still there. They're just painted over. Yeah. Dude, pick it up. There's like yeah. rocks in her. Oh no! What? what? Um. Oh, crazy. I'm ordering. Yeah. I'm ordering one tonight. Yeah, I'm get getting on my one. Phone well, right I'm, now here's the thing. It. I, I kind of like. I want to actually like go to Z and see if they have it. Like, did you order yours online? I got it online. See, because I want it now. Like, right. that's the thing. I don't. Okay. And it's like I had seen it for <laughs> a while you have online. Prime, you'll have it tomorrow. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd seen it for a while online, and like the first time I saw it, it was like twenty bucks, and then right. for a while. It was like fifty or sixty dollars, right. yeah. and then one day, like I got on there, just and it, things you might be interested. in, It was nine bucks, yeah, like, boing, yeah, exactly. Done. Well, and that's the biggest problem with pops is that I used to collect them because there were mainly because there was a point in time. It's kind of like I really slowed down, like didn't buy any more reaction figures. Also, on yeah, the, the, but one of the big parts was for a long time was the they didn't make these properties like this yeah. was never you could own a figure or something from it and i and here here's my take before any listener you know because we've heard oh Vic, you know we got a lot of toys in the studio i hate pops like yeah i same. passionately <laughs> think they're stupid they all have the same blank dead eye they look. look the same yeah and literally, the only reason I got this one... But that's what one, makes me come. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I got this one... He put is, his hand on my knee when he said that. <laughs> it's like, Her eyes are closed because she's it's, dead. It doesn't look like a pop. But yeah, it, it, the fact that right. it's, it's a pop of a, of a dead body. Right, right. It has, like, literally, it, it's sculpted plastic around her head that's really thick. It looks like she's lying down, and her body, it's like a naked body, and, like, it's yeah. duct tape around. It's a like, naked duct tape dead body. Yeah. So it it so feels like something aisle. somebody would have made as a Dude, custom. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's the best I pop have, I've ever seen. I have two things I need to say about pops, real quick. Yeah. Number one, I, I own a few pops, most of which were given to me by my kids, and mm-hmm. they're all Batman-related. Uh-huh. I've got, like, two or three different Batman ones, and I've got a Joker one. And the only ones I bought, I bought recently, and it was the the Axel Slash and Duff Pops from Guns yeah. N' Roses, and nice. I could not have those. No Izzy, or they, they, those are the only three they made. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I but I have to out Victor and tell this funny pop story about about Victor. Two years ago, uh, I had no idea Victor hated pops. Uh-huh. And I bought him an Andre the Giant pop for Christmas. Nice. And I got the whole like I I don't think I've ever given a gift so bad that I've gotten the oh th- thanks. <laughs> I'm like, is it all right? oh no no it's fine. It's, it's... <laughs> so hang on, hang on. Fast forward like two years. The last time, and I don't even think he did this, so I'm totally outing him on this. The last time he showed Princess Bride, he gave that pop away as a raffle <laughs> prize. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you Ka- gifted dude, it. so, uh, so Karen and I, oh, Karen no. and I showed up at, at Co Classics to help out, and I looked on the table and I'm like, that's the Andre the Giant pop I gave him for Christmas like two years oh, that's ago. So fucking and funny. I got all sad and Karen goes, he probably doesn't even remember that's where he got it. I'm like, you're right, like, cause he calls me Kirby all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, seriously, 
Which I was I'm about to even... just say. Wait, I you... know, I know that look from Victor because every oh, birthday and every <laughs> Christmas, I'm like, I'm like a fucking girlfriend going. This Seriously, could be such a great gift. Uh, Victor's gonna love this. What do you give the guy that buys himself everything? That's right. the that's no. I, I know exactly <laughs> what this is like because this is literally anytime I buy a gift for Adam. Fuck yes, dude. Yes. Because with him, it's not that he doesn't like it; it's that he already fucking bought it. Exactly. It's like every I've got him like three gifts like every single time it's like oh i already have this i'm still 100 you know? sure you even gifted one of my gifts to adam i'm still sure of that well get this hang on i was at z the other day and i saw the director's cut of uh what's that movie i hate with harrison ford in it uh, uh blade runner blade runner, runner, blade oh. runner. Yeah, the director. We're just gonna fucking cause <laughs> Joshua to go on a I know, right? Break. They had the director's the cut. Knows he's wrong. It's they okay. had the director's cut of Blade Runner on VHS. I'm like, oh, this is badass. Victor will love this, so I bought it for him. And oh, like, I, and I know two days later, two days later, he was telling like Ruby or something. He's like, yeah, Kirby picked me up the VHS of Blade Runner, <laughs> and I was like. He got you one too. Oh, that's and so funny. And I get funny. this look, and I'm like, he's like, no, I only have one. I'm like, dude, I bought that for you. Hey, hey, it's just like, so oh, you yeah. know. Oh, but this is just, like, what did I call Anne? I called Anne Karen. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. no, I, yeah, yeah. I was hey, like, yeah. literally, my blood sugar. If it makes crashed. you feel any better, though, Jasper, <laughs> like I totally called Kirby Jasper the, yeah, the, nice. at Cold yes, Classics a few times ago. And if you guys you know? don't realize, <laughs> Kirby and I look a lot alike. So oh yeah, it's totally easy identical. To it's no, like but a I totally Ryu did. Situation. I was like, exactly. I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah Jasper, and you're like, I'm still Kirby though. And I was like, oh, oh no, no, I know, no, I, I know you're Kirby. What it is is I go, we got Jasper and Joshua on the podcast for Place Adam, and it's still, it's just now. <laughs> Three bears in one. Tweet. I'm gonna tell you why though. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna 100 tell you why it always is though because I'm always on the group test text and it says Kirby and Jasper right next to nice. each other uh, and so like I'm always seeing those two names right next to each other. That's funny because that I actually sense. told somebody if you put Kirby in front and stood us in line, it would make the number one thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I like my analogy better. Yeah, that's the way I always think of it. Three bears and a twink. Three yeah. bears and a twink. <laughs> um, but the um, but yeah, no that that is this is like a, a cardinal issue now because like all of us, <laughs> all of us like what would we get each other gifts because we all right. buy each other yeah. the same. Right. Stuff. We buy the same. Honestly, stuff, I yeah. think because I got something for Adam when I went to Gallery 1988 because he's been super nice and like you know got me um you know the baby driver poster and get yeah. out poster and stuff and I like I wanted to do something nice for him so I got him something at Gallery 1988 that I'm sure he's not going to have and that's what I've like kind of decided it's like if yeah. I want to get you guys anything I'm going to like go to Gallery 1988 I'm going to get a print that's limited to 50 yeah. you know <laughs> and hopefully you still won't, you won't have it you one know? of the big ones is if I am looking at um, Victor has got the uh, GPK Garbage Pill Kid blind box minis that's another thing I get for people now is blind box minis. Whether they like them or not, at least right. I know unless they have the whole collection. Right. See, that, that'll a that'll be a good a good thing for me now because now for a while like when because now I work for Tops drawing garbage pail kids, so right. it's an easy gift. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what I've been watching though, it's uh, <laughs> besides <laughs> coming Laura, back it's around, a good one. Um, but not much. But there's actually something I really wanted to talk about, but it was a couple of weeks ago, and I think we we just didn't do a catch up section. Um. But uh, was is that film the uh, the death of Superman lives? Oh yeah, I, I talked Whoa, about watching that? that a while back. Yeah. It's on Amazon. No, it's it is on Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah. It it's was a, not John. Just got Schnaff, the guy who he, he 
you might have he's always at phoenix con he like he's kind of tall and he's looks like a bushy jewish guy but you saw yeah. like metalocalypse <laughs> right nice. right yeah. oh is, is that what he's from yes yeah, so it's a documentary, and and you know I would say that this would pair well with things like Lost Soul, um, you know, of course about the island of Doctor Moreau and Richard Stanley, Rich, uh, you know that one, as well as uh, Lost in La Mancha, um, the uh, you know the the one about Terry Gilliam's Man of La Mancha movie. Um, so it, it's just really cool documentaries. I love that that style of like, hey, here's a film that never happened. Nice. Um, and we're going to kind of tell you all about it. And the access that this guy got, you said he worked on Metalocalypse? Yeah. Okay. So that, uh, he used to write, he, he he worked for Adult Swim, so he wrote like, a, you know, he, okay. adult, like um, C-Lab and uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Gotcha. Shows. Yeah, because the access that this guy had, I felt was just truly amazing. Um, I actually feel that in terms of the craft of documentar- uh, documentary, it wasn't actually that good. Like, mm-hmm. I really kind of feel like... Oh, it, it was a Kickstarter yeah, documentary. It felt real low budget. You yeah. know, it really did. Like, because they did all these sequences where they had, like, some, like, actors that were, like... Like, it was almost like they were acting out scenes from the movie. Mm-hmm. The oh, the um, reenactment. Yeah, and they were, like, huh. real bad. Like, real low quality special effects. And, like, I think that that's kind of what they were going for is like oh well, clearly we're not going to be able to recreate this movie so we're going to do like a kind of a sappy version of it yeah um, but it was just i felt that all looked really terrible they did some animation stuff i thought yeah cool. they did some stuff like that um and then another thing and this is just a personal pet peeve of mine but i felt that the director was inserting himself too much into the interviews i i think that's a hundred percent but it's also because like a, you know i i feel like this was a kickstarter documentary so you know it's like his fans wanted sure. to see him in there. Sure. And that's like the big problem with cert. Like, this is why I like Jodorowsky's Dune uh-huh. versus stuff like this, where I'm like, I feel like when I'm watching Jodorowsky's Dune, like I'm getting kind of like the actual story right. of the movie versus I'm like this one you're kind of getting. I would really like to see this movie. I'd like to find out why it didn't yeah. happen. And yeah. I do feel that that's the best kinds. I mean, when I think about um, some of the best talking head documentaries that I've seen, I mean, they are like Errol Morris and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, very rarely and sometimes very rarely, though, do you even hear Errol Morris say anything. It's like that person, the interviewee, is speaking directly to you, the viewer. Um, you know, you also have the same thing. I mean, even that recently, that um, that Defiant Ones on HBO, which I believe I brought up, a tremendous mm-hmm. documentary. You don't ever see or hear the interviewers at all. That's like what I like. I yeah. like to yeah. feel like I'm learning something. It's not some... Like, it, it feels like a weird semantics thing, but I don't like people telling me their opinion, even though yeah. literally a documentary is that. But if somebody's <laughs> literally telling me, like, what I well, should think, then I'm kind of like, well, fuck you. Why, yeah. why should I care about you? It's you? one of those things with documentaries that the only time you should be hearing the interviewee or the interviewer is, is that that trail off point, you know, where you can hear the live sound sure. instead of the edited yeah. because they're either trying to do it for an effect yeah. or because literally like the person's either like, you know, they do it mainly for effect, but I also think it's like, or narration. Agreed. Oh, I, I no have need a for really it. good example of this. Um, on Amazon prime, I watched this documentary a couple weeks ago called my Scientology movie. I okay. think it's on Netflix. Yeah. I started watching that one. And it's by Louis Thoreau who like, he's done a lot of documentaries where he's like a principal guy. In sure. It. Yeah. And it's basically the... the same thing as like the HBO Scientology uh-huh. documentary, but he's like, well, I've got the same guy from this. 
we're gonna we're gonna hire somebody to play uh you know david miscavige and reenact some scenes of his abuse oh, and it's wow. really the, kind of obnoxious because uh... then like i get what he's trying to say mm-hmm. the guy he's talking to is really only against scientology because he was kicked out yeah. like he would be happy if he was like he that's the only reason he's anti-scientology is because he's out and that's the point he's trying to make right. but he's belaboring it through the whole movie where it's really obvious as soon as you meet him that that's like he's kind of like well fuck scientology it's more like fuck scientology if only i was still there i would be cool but i guess i'm not there so <laughs> yeah fucking, totally. you know? yeah yeah it's a weird thing like the whole thing too is is that the, i only watched like the first half but the part with like where they reenact the Nightline interview because it's the only interview he ever did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's weird because they're also showing, like, partial clips for it. Like, Well, no, and that's what I mean. Like, this is because I don't want to cut Josh off, but it's like that's the whole thing where he's like, should I talk like Ted Koppel? And then he goes to him <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. Do, do you think he should talk like Ted Koppel? Would that make it feel more real? No. Why are you asking me that? Right. Like, literally, it's this whole aside yeah. where he's trying to piss him off to right. kind of get the real story. And it's sure. like. You're just making, you're creating, you're fabricating a scene. Interesting. I yeah. do want to say one thing, to just a real quick with two things, because mm-hmm. we talked about on the one of the podcasts recently, but that uh, fanta- Doom, the Fantastic Four Oh, movie, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Was, the thing was, there's no real movie. There's very no. little footage. And then a documentary I talked about last year on the podcast was um, uh, Unearthed and Untold is the Path to Pet Cemetery, and they had no rights to any of the film. Right. So all they could do was tell the story with stills. Oh, interesting. So, like, new interviews, but stills of the yeah. movie, and it's like, I think they that's nailed cool. it. Like, yeah, they like put that. Well, that's yeah. that's how the, the, the Lost Soul and the one about yeah, the island of Dr. Moreau yeah. is. Yeah. There's no actual footage. Exactly. Oh, yeah, movie. dude, and the it's o- so good, yeah. too. The only one that Pet Cemetery wise, that's another one where they put themselves in a little too right, much. Right. Like, the filmmakers, I think, are, like, some kind of experts or put themselves yeah. in. It's literally, like, the tagline yeah, below is, like, like, you're, you're a, a filmmaker. Fan. You don't know any more than I do. And what really kind of bothered me about that in The, the Death of Superman Lives is just because... He seemed like kind of an awkward dude, and his interviewing seemed kind of awkward. Yeah. And so it would be like him on screen asking a question of like Tim Burton and then like nodding like, awkwardly. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like when he was interviewing certain people, you yeah. could literally tell he was trying super hard not to piss them off. Right. Like, the fact he got them on camera was yeah. enough that he got like he was interviewing Tim Burton in one of his castles. Yes. And like, you know, it's like, well, what, what, what do you think your film might have been like? Yeah, and you could. What tell, do you think? Right. Any, any move? It didn't happen. Was it like right. the? Uh, it's was the it Chris Farley. Like, I was gonna say the old Chris Farley. Saturday Night Live. Remember when you when you did Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> that was cool. that was awesome. It, it's just really no no. The, cause I don't I don't know if Josh is going to talk about this, but to me, this is the most glaring thing. Is when he's interviewing John Peters, uh-huh. who's literally the biggest douchebag in the world. I don't know. That's the funny thing is I was like almost like because like, that's what I'd heard about. Yeah. So like, okay, because all I'd heard was the Kevin Smith story about yeah. John Peters, right? Which he recreates beautifully. Yeah. I mean, he basically does his entire bit from an evening yeah. at Kevin Smith in this film. Um, you know, but I was like, I don't know, John Peters. I kind of like the guy. I mean, I kind, I kind of dig yeah, his style. You know, for those who who don't know what we're talking about, basically, John Peters is a really hands-on producer. Yeah. He produced like the Superman movies and the first Batman movie, right. and he was a hairdresser who became the head of Warner Brothers and also a street fighter too. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, so basically, he had hired Kevin Smith to write this movie, the first draft, but he like 
had specific things he wanted in the movie mm-hmm. and which were stupid but i can on, on his from his perspective i could understand why he might want sure, them sure sure you know but literally as you can tell um john schneff is trying so hard not to piss off john yeah. peters yeah even though john peters is acting super self-arrogant like oh if they just listened to me everything would have sure. been perfect sure and he just like digs this giant hole for himself <laughs> yeah. where he's just like i'm the biggest douchebag in the world right and then you know the people who built all the models for the movie because the movie got shut down because of uh i think that batman and robin bombed yeah, that's exactly what it was um because it was about to get get green lighted um before they shut down production, John Peters asked them to box up all the models and everything right. and have them sent to a warehouse so he could end up with all of them. Oh, and he so has cool. the model of Brainiac ship in so his living awesome. room. Oh, this thing gosh. that cost Warner Brothers thousands yeah. of dollars to make, he just absconded with yeah, it before yeah. it could be accounted for. But you know what I found was kind of funny about the whole thing? Because John Peters talks about all these things that he wanted this film to be, right? Yeah. And um, one of them is like, I want him to fight this giant spider yes and they talked about like and the whole joke with that is that after the film fell through he produced wild wild west which, which had, had a, a giant, giant spider. spider yeah exactly um so that's kind of the whole joke with that thing right but but i was like no i do want to see superman fighting a giant spider because here's the thing and this is something that i felt and obviously i think he needed to be reined in yeah. because to say like let's get rid of that costume he can't fly yeah. and giant spider right okay the first thing are just kind of stupid. And, and, you know, Kevin Smith will even actually say that in Evening with Kevin Smith, right? He's like, he's like, well, first of all, what are you talking about? The, you know, get rid of the suit. That's insane. And of course, Superman not fly. Of course he has to fly, but a giant spider, you know, he's yeah. the first to admit that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And obviously you need to rein him in, but I do think John Peters was bringing some interesting well, ideas to I, the table. My whole take on the giant spider is it's like, he must have been watching Star Wars or something and seen a ranker fight or something. Right, like, right. We need something like that. Superman needs to fight a giant monster. But, but how many Superman movies have we had and never had him fighting a giant monster? How many Superman type? movies have we had where he didn't fight anybody? Right. That's that's why right. this is a part of the reason I was probably didn't I was like very happy with Man of Steel or Keon. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, a Superman movie where he d- isn't lifting a giant right, right. rock. Yeah. But he's always him just still like fighting another Superman sized guy yeah. flying through buildings and stuff. And, and in the yeah, com- I mean, if you look at he's super... fighting giant things all oh, the yeah. time and it, it's like you can forgive it to, to some degree movies like superman 4 where they had no budget and right it's like oh sure find a stuntman yeah, you know? yeah yeah but at the same time like there's no excuse for 1987 superman, superman 4 by yeah. the way um, <laughs> but uh but yeah so like um <laughs> I, you know time. i do think it is really interesting i love seeing all of that like the holy grail of just lost footage and yeah. the costume tests of nicholas cage in this and i am oh. i am bummed out that nicholas cage he was the only person he didn't get access to because he got access to all he got wesley strick kevin smith um you know john peters tim burton like all of these people but he just he didn't get um uh nicholas cage yeah you know obviously he was not interested in talking about yeah. it anymore but um i think that would have been amazing but yeah i mean i i think despite the fact that it was kind of low budget and i feel could have been made better it's one of those things where like the the subject material was so awesome and i mean i was always such a huge fan of tim burton i mean especially at that time this was this was 
post Mars attacks and pre um, a planet of the apes, which is what I called the, you know, the beginning of the downtime. That yeah, was the, pretty the beginning of the fall. You know, I, I think that Tim Burton has done some good things since don't get me wrong. You know, there's a few things. Uh, um, Sweeney Todd. Yes. I like Sweeney Todd. Um, you know, I, th- you know, that's definitely, I love big fish. Um, yeah, big fish. Oh, God, that movie's is. so it's, sad. It's, I, it's um, Corpse Bride, I think is very good. Yeah. Corpse Bride's you know? great too. Um, but yeah, but for the most part, let's be honest, that was the beginning of the end. For you know what's Tim funny Burton. is you missed in the, is like the middle there is Sleepy Hollow. I love Sleepy yes. Hollow. No, 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 but it's yeah. interesting yeah, though yeah, yeah. that that's where he went. Like he had Mars you're Attacks, right. which that was before Planet of the Apes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. you're right. So I would say Planet Sleepy Apes, Hollow yeah. was his last good film. Yeah, because like, Mars Attacks yeah, is ninety six, right? Yep. And then Batman, Batman and Robin came out in ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, so this yeah. Was totally. Post- yeah. So I definitely feel that, but again, like at the time hearing about that, and that was at a time that, you know, it was, it was nascent internet, but it was also a lot of like reading magazines and entertainment weekly and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And just remember saying like, oh yeah, I will totally get on board with a, a Tim Burton, Nicolas Cage, Superman film. And so it was just so cool to see this stuff finally and to have it like on the record. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's on, uh, Amazon. I highly recommend it if you like, again, films like Lost Soul and, and, uh, uh, Hodorowski's Dune um, and things about you know projects that never happened. Um, and then the other thing uh, is uh, something I watched, which is that movie Slight. You guys seen that? I've been wanting to watch that. It's that. by one of the people who uh, produced Get Out. Yeah, so it's a Bloomhouse joint, um, and it's. Uh, I will say this: I feel that that film is it was marketed. Um, kind of deceptively um, it does make it seem like it's a jordan peele movie totally. yeah not only just wait the, is this the one where it's like the chronicle kind of thing where it's right. like a street magician who becomes, becomes a, yeah. a like actually fighter. becomes yeah so let's say it's like you know, nothing, i totally it's thought really that kinetic. was a uh, i totally like, thought that was going to be a static shock movie yeah when yeah, i yeah, saw the previous one yeah. yeah it's not really like chronicle but that is it's funny it's exactly oh, no, no, no i just meant that when i saw that trailer oh sure there was a part of it where i'm like Wow, they're going oh, like dude. full chronicle. Well, on this. I mean, uh, buddy, when I went to go rent it at the video store with my friend, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna watch this together," and he was like, "What's this?" and I was like, "It's kind of like Chronicle." So trust me, you're not the only one. Like that's the I didn't even know it was I got. out though. I'm just blown away. Like, dude, you know, I literally, here, here, had no I'll, idea. I'll tell you guys, this is how I first learned about it and why I didn't buy it. Uh-huh. Because the first time I heard about this was on a commercial on the WWE Network. Yeah, that's when oh, I wow. saw it. That's <laughs> yeah. where I saw it, too. Yeah. Did they finance? I'm pretty sure they I must think, have. I think it said WWE Films. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I just know that, well, they have, they've had some huh. serious success. That one yeah. with Halle Berry. Uh, oh, was it where called? she's the a 911 oh, operator. Yeah, that yeah. movie made, cost them like $10 million, made like $150 million, So yeah. I'm sure they're yeah. good. But no, the only reason I say it is because I saw the trailer mm-hmm. actually in a, the theater before a couple different movies yeah and then never heard and i thought it was one of those ones that got like not what do you call it not development hell right but like in purgatory like sure we'll release this i seriously thought it was a straight to blu-ray movie yeah Yeah. no it it came out in theaters i don't yeah it did yeah it it did um but it didn't get a lot of play but i'm like the slash film cast reviewed it you know and like it definitely got some kind of release um i never saw it in theaters i remember seeing it in the theater, so I know it was out for a little bit at least. Uh, but yeah, it just came out on um, you know DVD and Blu-ray uh, just yesterday. In fact, so um, you know that's available. I'm sure at red boxes and stuff. So is it any good? Um, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I, I you know I feel that it has a lot of issues to it. It's um, it's got a really good main performer. And in fact, I do want to call this guy out because I'd never He's seen in, him. Um, 
he's in that Will Smith movie. I hate. Oh, really? Um, the pursuit oh, of happiness. The, no, it the had, one about the Wild Wild where his West. wife dies. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes, it has a really stu- and all collateral that. beauty. Oh, collateral okay. Beauty. Yeah, yeah. It. So a guy's name is Jacob Lattimore. Yeah, um, and I think he's super he's very, good. He's even good in collateral beauty. Yeah, but it, um, yeah, yeah. He's really, really good in it. And again, just you know, just the the story being that it's and. I guess I'll say this. It's, it's, it doesn't really feel like a chronicle as much, but I would say the closest analog I can think of to this is like an unbreakable. Oh, honestly, okay. it's a lot like that. It feels like a drama that is, um, that could very well be a superhero origin story. And I won't tell you anything more about that other than just to avoid any real and this is literally in the first three minutes of the film revealed there's nothing supernatural happening yeah um, i kind of got yeah. that from the trailer that yeah, he was like a, like a david blaine kind of dude yeah but there's a, there's a little bit more to it it's kind of like technology based um, oh so it's like now you see me kind of yeah kind of kind of okay. i saw yeah. it when i, I love those I, it's movies fun, it's dude funny. i really like both the now you see me movies I'm but not I, gonna lie. I thought of the um <laughs> it's funny to bring up the unbreakable it was the very end of the trailer was the part like one of those classic like, you know, people only use 7% of their brains right, or right. something. He's like, uh, once you can unlock the power, that's when I started thinking it was like unbreakable. You thought it was Lucy? From the film. Or Lucy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. yeah. To this day, when I think of Lucy, I almost right. think it's like a parody of a movie. You can like exactly. put scenes together and you think, oh, yeah. is this like an SNL skit? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I know exactly which part you're talking about because he's talking about a deck of cards. He's like, he's like, imagine one of these cards has the ability to do whatever they want to and the other 51, you know, don't. Right. And it's just I think it's so funny because you're right. That's how it was marketed. It's not at all about unlocking your inner potential. It's not at all about any kind <laughs> how of superpowers. Many days have like, I taken? It is it is kind of about superpowers, but they're again, they're science based. Yeah. You know, I would say that this has more of an akin to like this could be like a cyborg movie kind oh, of. Okay. Right. You know, so it's something like that. Mm-hmm. And and so and that's still good because there's a lot of superheroes that are science based. Right. Yeah. You know, it's almost like kind of like a quasi like, you know, street tone. Stark film, you know, in this in this interesting way, right? You know, it's like somebody kind of develops technology, but the whole film is mostly just a it's it's the somebody gets in too deep with the wrong crowd kind of a movie. Yeah, yeah. kind of this yeah. Boys in the Hood, John Singleton. Yes. but yeah. then at the same time, I was like, when it originally started, I totally thought it was like a coming of age movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way that trailer played, you know, went what, to like eight different yeah. places. What so. I would compare, I would say, I would say, if I were to do the this meets this kind of thing, I would say it's um. It's uh, Unbreakable meets Juice. You know? Oh, Juice, yeah. Yeah, that's another totally. One. You know, so it is kind of like that kind of thing. to get it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I, again, I think it's totally worth watching. It's sitting at like a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's, that's really fair. solid. I think that's a fair number for it. I wouldn't put it any higher than that, but it doesn't deserve much lower. It's a, it's a nice. 70% yeah. movie. I don't know if I would buy it. Honestly, I'd probably just rent it. Um, but well, it's, it's yeah, because for a minute, I think Voodoo had it where like you could buy that and get out for like twenty bucks. Sure. And if I hadn't, or if I didn't already have Get Out, I probably would have done right, that. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but yeah, that that's it for me. I mean, honestly, other than that, I mean, I've just been. Um, 
I, I mean, Game of Thrones. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but shout out to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is back. Hallelujah! It's Everything's been really awesome solid in the world. This season so oh yeah, far. super good. Um, and uh, then um, yeah, I'll just stop you there because I yeah. haven't watched any. Oh no, yeah, we're totally. Not talk no, I'm not even going to talk about any yeah. things. Just to say, it's just everything's going at such a faster clip yeah. because it is a There's shorter no season. Filler. I think it's yeah, only it's eight like, episodes. A season. Yeah, exactly. I think it's even maybe watch less them than honestly, just as much though. Yeah, honestly, that's why I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to be over so I can just yeah. watch it all at one yeah, fast. Because totally. I hate waiting till next week. I can't stand it. And it's still. Uh, I've I done really this? good. Knock on wood about not having it spoiled. The, the only, the yet, only so. show this season I kind of wish I'd waited to the end to watch is Preacher. Because yeah. every episode is so good. I'm like, God, no! I have to wait another week. <laughs> right. Um, and in Twin Peaks, still going strong, still watching that every single week. Um, you know, it's, uh, we've been like making cherry pie and watching <laughs> Twin Peaks, <laughs> which is funny because we've been doing that. And then like last week's episode, like they like ate a ton of cherry pie in the show, wow. which actually was the first time cherry pie had been brought up in the return at all. Um, so that's good. Yeah. And, but, but I, yeah, I mean, I got Splatoon 2 for was my it, Nintendo uh, Switch. So was, it's been like Splatoon. Was it the best Splatoon. cherry pie? Uh, it was damn the, good. Yeah, damn, damn good. good. Yeah, no you doubt. recommend it to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> should we bust out and sing in warrant right now? No. I was totally thinking, yeah, I, <laughs> no, no more warrant. Warrants. No more warrant. No more warrant. That's unwarranted. I gotta sink it down at Uncle Tom's cabin. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> um, There's gonna be no more dirty, filthy, stinking rich talk. Oh, <laughs> that's it. I shut down. <laughs> the um, I am though. I do want to say that I've been looking at this Batman uh, v Superman print that comes up when you were talking about the death of uh the Superman film Nick uh-huh. Cage. Do you ever just think that Nicolas Cage's dream was to play a movie in which he was Elvis, but then became Superman, and then <laughs> I'm sure Giant he probably Spider. filmed that movie and he has it in his you know in his vault pyramid his... tomb in New Orleans. <laughs> I would have just been happy with a poster with Nicolas Cage yeah. in the suit. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, yeah. that's the upside is <laughs> oh that if god. you watch this documentary, dude, like it you does fully show you it, the suit. He does the full nice. costume test, man. Like full oh. on suit. Like <laughs> it doesn't awesome. look terrible. It no, doesn't it doesn't. Look well, there's one thing that looks terrible about it. The neckline is all wrong, which like, I'm sure yeah. they would have fixed. Yeah, 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 for sure. The neckline is definitely messed up, and he has long hair. But so did Superman at, at the, the time, time. You know, in the comics. But dude, that that glowing suit that he wears. Yeah. Because um, it's like the, everybody made fun because they're like, this is what the whole suit was gonna look like they're like no that was just like a regeneration suit that thing looks so freaking cool dude like, well yeah because awesome. i think the big problem like, because they show you all the problems that steve uh i forget what steve wang had making uh-huh. it and yeah. then he actually got it to work and dude. it looks super cool and i've never seen anything like that in film yeah and i want to see it because it was just it was all like led like it was uh it was like el yeah wire. it was supposed to be like energy like yeah. now they would that would all be cgi but the fact that they yeah. came up with something like that that in the real world that would work definitely kind of, see that's like it's like funny like when the first iron man movie came out and stan winston was still alive uh-huh. um the, that's an actual suit he was wearing yep. through the whole movie yep. except for like the flight scene sure and, like you now think... he's so like you robert downey jr too. like literally he could still wear a suit but like yeah. he doesn't want to but it looks all fake now, yeah it man. is because he yeah. just wore like i've seen pictures of infinity where he's literally wearing a track suit with yeah. mocap dots yeah exactly yeah. and wow. it's like Really? Like, at least in Iron Man 2, you at least wore a chest plate, and they filled him. Now, like, literally, he's just, like, everyone's in their outfits, and he's wearing a tracksuit. Yeah. Like, that's the epitome of, like, I'm a lazy fucking... Everybody knows my feelings on Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) Do you think when they had that glowing suit, somebody looked and said, hey... 
Something like that will come in handy if we ever do a Green Lantern movie. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, no, let's just CGI it. Let's just yeah, CGI right. the whole suit. You the know there's going to be a thing. Green Lantern in that Justice League movie. Well. I read a internet rumor about that today. Yeah, man. They could make such a cool Green Lantern movie, yeah. dude. Like, ugh, whatever. It just Wait makes a minute. me sad. Wait, hang on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I got two movies I want to talk about before we get into uh-huh. the Talk about them. All right, so... You know, I, everyone knows I have a love for exceptionally shitty obsession movies. Uh-huh. Um, you know, <laughs> I am talking like, you know, the single white females, yeah. the fatal attractions, yeah, and, the, and the, the roommate. Like, <laughs> I love these shitty, like, yeah. Obsessed is the best with Idris Elba and Beyonce. <laughs> I love this movie. It's so terrible. It's amazing. Who's the one with, um? what was the one with Michael Keaton? Where he plays like the landlord that's Pacific all fucked Heights. up. Yeah, I love that yeah. movie, dude. No, I could do like a whole thing yeah. about this. Yeah, Michael yeah. Keaton's a creepy yeah. dude. Yeah. No, but uh, I saw two this week that fall into this, and oh, both boy. of them are fucking awesome. Yes. So I saw this one that came out a few months ago, and it has uh, Rosario Dawson and Katherine Heigl in it. Right. And it's called Unforgettable. Yeah, dude. And this movie could fucking be a lifetime movie. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and uh, basically, it's uh, Catherine Heigl's the evil one, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. scale by which all obsession films <laughs> yeah. are judged. So Ch- Cheryl Ladd is her evil mother, who's oh, made boy. her a twisted monster of, uh, you know, repressed Stepford. You know, mm-hmm. hostility. Yeah, this is yeah. a movie that's like, like, no, no, honey, not all white women. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally, yeah. some yeah, people yeah. like, no, no, I'm not like that. That's that's just a white woman, right. a white woman, right? But no, so this movie is basically about a uh, Catherine Heigl gets divorced from her husband mm-hmm. because he quit Wall Street to uh, fulfill his lifelong dream of opening a microbrewery. Oh, of course. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Hipster. <laughs> yes. So uh, along the way, he meets Rosario Dawson, and they fall in love. And, of course, Catherine Heigl thinks there's a chance that their uh, their love can be rekindled. Right. Even though she won't even drink beer because it has too many calories. <laughs> wow. This is an actual scene in the movie. Wow. So she finds out from looking at uh, Rosario Dawson's text because she has the function on her iPhone that shows you the text. Right. And she's looking at her phone while they're dancing that uh, the dude is going to marry Rosario Dawson. And it, like, cracks her little psyche. Oh, no. <laughs> so she steals her cell phone, takes it home, right? And, uh, you know, looks her up on the internet to find out her birthday. So that, of course, is her iPhone password. And then she's looking through her photos, and she sees, like, a copy of a restraining order. Right. And then she thinks uh, there's a part earlier on where, like, uh, you know, she let the daughter stay at Rosario Dawson's house. It's like, well, there's a Facebook group just so you don't uh, mess up her ballet schedule. She's like, I'm not on Facebook. And <laughs> Catherine Heigl's reaction is literally, <gasps> like, uh, open mouth gasped. How dare you not right? get on face? Facebook, right? So this already is the most white woman movie. <laughs> no, 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 ever. right? So, so she starts finding out that at some point Rosario Dawson had been like all abused and such, and she had a restraining order against this dude. Mm-hmm. So she decides the way she's going to get revenge is she's going to open a fake Facebook account using the photos in the phone she just stole. Oh no! And try to romance the stalker wow. to stalk her into leaving the husband wow and it, the whole movie i literally guys i am selling this to you so hard you need to see this movie it is fucking terrible 
but it's fucking amazing <laughs> at the same time. Literally, this could be called The Perils of Facebook, a lifetime movie. Oh, my God. And then, like, literally halfway through, it just totally full-on goes, like, fatal attraction for no reason. Like, where she's hitting the husband over the head, and he's, like, bleeding. It's like, now we'll be together. Right. And, like, they're ha- you know, Rosario Dawson is fighting her while... Catherine Heigl's fighting her in a negligee that's been strategically placed. God forbid Catherine Heigl be naked in this movie. Oh, of course not. No, no, no. But literally, this movie's amazing. That's I, it's, awesome. Yeah. All right. Second movie I saw. Okay. This movie's called Inconceivable. Yes. <laughs> All right. And it stars Nicolas Cage. Oh. Gina Gershon. Oh, wow. Oh, hey. And... So uh, this is this is a face-off reunion. That's a sexy movie, right? <laughs> this is awesome. And Faye Dunaway. Okay, right? Fuck, I just came again. <laughs> <laughs> it also stars former WWE wrestler Ava Marie. Again, he puts his hand on my knee. <laughs> now this movie is Good about a successful <laughs> successful doctor Nicholas Cage. Oh, oh of course, boy. right? Totally and his successful doctor wife Gina Gershon. Right. In the biggest movie mansion ever, and every crane shot in this movie is done by a drone. Oh, that I've actually been wondering why, like, when drones are going to start oh, to make more of an appearance. All over yeah, this movie, that's you're like, this is a fucking drone right, shot, right? Right. So basically, uh, you know, Gina Gershon, who's pushing sixty, I looked it up. You yeah. Know? And is Nick she was, really? Yeah. And so yeah, is Nicholas Cage. Was 40 what? Was Bound yeah. came out? So a big yeah. part of this movie is uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, Gina Gershon and Nicholas Cage have a child. And then Gina Gershon's had four miscarriages and she's trying to have a child. Wow. And they're t- not even playing up the fact that it's age. She's just like, oh, I had an accident when I was younger and I can't have a child now. And she's trying to get a surrogate mother. Uh, right? In the beginning, you know, she's all emotional. So Nicolas Cage is riding his motorcycle, oh, right? Lord. And you could totally tell that Nicolas Cage totally didn't look this movie over and phoned it in because. <laughs> and I, I'm sure Nicolas Cage misses being in this current <laughs> bracket he's in of movies. Because he has the world's most obvious comb over in this movie, oh. where it looks like he has a fucking mohawk. Oh my god! Like Wait, literally it's called inconceivable. Inconceivable. Like, can't conceive. Yes. Oh, that's incredible. Right? I'm looking up the poster for this. I film thought it was right a now. Princess Bride. It, it, it's sequel. like a bad Photoshop montage poster. Oh, right? I'm sure it is, sir. So shot by the drone. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he's like, oh, honey. I I don't I don't need any more kids. But you dreamed of having children, a child for every room oh in this house. Gosh. So uh, you know she's out at the white woman playground because you know white women, and uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> she meets a very nice woman who's like I have no idea who this chick is, but she's the star of this movie, right? Nikki Whelan. Yes, her. <laughs> I think she's like Ian Ziering's ex-wife or something. Oh, wow. I don't know what the well, that's wow. a pedigree. She was, well, she was also in uh, Left Behind, so Ooh, that's hey. probably where I'm she pretty does Nick sure Cage that's from. yeah. So basically, uh Gina Gershon goes up to it's like, "Oh, you're so good with children." Like, "Oh yeah, I just moved here oh, and oh my god, I I would love to do something with kids, but I just got a great job in Colorado." It's like, "No, come hang out with me. We'll be friends." And then it's like, "Do you really want to work in Colorado?" Well, really, I actually have a dream of I hate to say it, but I I really wish I could fulfill my ambition of 
painting murals in children's bedrooms of rich women. <laughs> what? That's very specific. It's a very specific wow. super. It's like, well, you can do that here. Hell, we'll rent you out the guest house. Does she the guest pool house. say that? Look, look, look. <laughs> I'm just holding up various. We're doing like a, like a, like a story it's time. It's like a slideshow. Various and then like, photos. She's, in that scene, that exact scene, she's <laughs> like, live slide. in our pool house. And then they go to Nicholas Cage. Like, what do you think, honey? Oh, oh, yeah, you can totally live in our pool house. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Have lunch with us. <laughs> so, along the way, she meets uh, this other friend who's played by Eva Marie. <laughs> and, oh, uh, she's like, guess what? Uh, she really wants to have a kid, and she just had a miscarriage. So, she has one egg left, and guess what, guys? Uh, she's gonna let me be the surrogate. And then oh. Nikki Whalen freaks out and goes, you? You're gonna be the surrogate? What? And it turns out they're also secret lesbians. Oh, shit. Yeah. And that's how she got in with the playground mob. All right. Right? And uh, she's like, you don't understand. I've been tracking Gina Gershon for months. See, I used to be an egg donor. And my daughter is a child that I actually stole from her last parents. Wow. Because they were supposed to be my children. She's tracking down all the children that were conceived from her eggs so she can recreate her family. And the child Gina Gershon Nicholas Cage have is one of the kids that was made from her eggs. Oh my so, god! So Eva Marie's freaking out because they're in, they're in a lake right now. It's like you're shivering, and she pulls out a dumbbell from under the water and hits her over the head, and she falls over like a bag of bricks and kills her. Dude. And then it's a time jump. It's like. Oh, we've become so close since that unfortunate boating accident that killed our would-be oh surrogate. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and then incredible. it's like a whole thing where it's like the kid thinks she's her mommy now. Gina Gershon starts to get jealous. Right. And then Nicolas Cage is like, what's wrong with you? And then, like, Nick Lee Whalen's like, I think she's doing drugs. <laughs> this movie's just... You need to see this movie. I could tell you the whole thing and I'm not even selling yeah. it. Like, literally, I, awesome, I was dude. watching this and I was cackling throughout. It's amazing. That's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Here's the thing. If... Uh, I'll throw this out there. If we ever did a Patreon... Yeah. These would be the episodes that people got was us doing an entire episode on that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Victor just Victor just owns the story time. It's like a right? fucking book on tape, like seriously, but told by your drunk uncle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But the tits on this one. Oh like, yeah, Nikki Whalen's tits in this movie that, are just like they might as well just cut through glass. Or so. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I really actually did look up to see if this was a WWE film. Unfortunately. <laughs> It's not, but I am blown away to find out that currently they are working on the Marine Five. Oh wait, it oh already came yeah, out. Yeah, it already came yeah, out. Yeah, and Slight was a WWE, and the next movie is a sequel to Pure Country. Oh wow! Oh yeah, with Shawn Michaels. Shawn yes. Michaels is in it. Oh, I saw the preview no. for that. It looks awful. And then yeah, they have uh, everything else is either a Scooby Doo or a Surf's Up movie. <laughs> I then, do want to see the resurrection of Gavin Stone. It looks like so stupid. <laughs> I just remember seeing the trailer and I was like, "Is that the Heartbreak Kid?" Like on TV, and I think that's totally it. a uh, religious. Oh, it, it is. It, yeah. it is weird. It's literally, yeah, I, weird. I'm all about stupid religious movies right now because there's so many, and they're trying to masquerade as real movies. Yeah, the only you know, thing like, was missing was no, no. Casper Van Dien. Uh, you need to see like God is Dead. 
God is not dead. No, God's God is not, not dead. dead. Yeah, where Kevin Sorbo's an evil teacher teaching evolution, oh, and geez. then at the end, he's unironically killed uh, by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Speaking of unironically, I kind of want to ironically go see Smash Mouth when they come. You know, <laughs> you should go They'll and bring be... like a Shrek mask <laughs> <laughs> and just start a pit. That's it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, Shrek is love, man. I, I don't think pits are allowed. That might harsh the mellow. So <laughs> I'm gonna say that's a no. Just like a pit full of fifteen <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> like, Stop it! It's not funny. <laughs> oh, this is wow. it's, it's moments actually, like this. I would actually prefer. <laughs> and then he to, I yell would... out, "Your music, Scott Layers, like, like an, an onion." onion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's and... moments like this that I kind of wish we like titled our episodes. Like some <laughs> podcasts I listen to, like title it from like something that was said during the podcast. Uh-huh. You know, and this would be a pit of fifteen Shreks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see. Sh- Smash Mouth. We are reenacting the end of Rat Race. Is what's gonna end up happening? A pit of fifteen Shreks. Isn't that where they were gonna throw Han Solo in an Empire? <laughs> <laughs> or Jedi? That's, Jedi. Oh, that's God. my next Jedi. junior high band. Digested side over project. the course of a thousand years by a pit of fifteen uh, Shreks. <laughs> well, speaking of our drunk uncle, welcome to my swamp. <laughs> this would have been a. Uh, Wes, Wes Craven's Craven. birthday. Happy Yay. birthday, Wes Craven. Woo-woo. Happy birthday. So we're going to talk about the best of Wes Craven. Everything from Deadly Friend to My Soul to Take. The best Craven. The best Craven. Man. True. <laughs> um, it's hard to uh, segue <laughs> and look through. I'm desperately looking through to see if he made an obsession movie. Oh, but right. uh, oh I, I think he did. Deadly he did. Friend is an obsession yeah, it movie. Is. Kinda. Technically, like, Deadly Blessing is an Amish version of it, but. I wanted to. Do you think that obsession movies. Okay, do you think that, like. Okay, so do you, would you say that uh, Pacific Heights would count? as an obsession movie i think so because it's like like to me the important part is that there's like this kind of unknown stalkeriness right so what then by that by that um token would you count um lakeview terrace oh with uh samuel jackson yeah. yes okay yeah okay. gotcha yeah yeah Sa- the lakeview terrace was like the the weird like to me like falling down white man's burden like yeah. series of movies too like Anything, because it's weird, like, whenever people say, like... Because, like, to me, even the fan would yeah. be all in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so totally. would I consider totally. that. That movie, like, it has a perfect scene in this story. It's like, oh, how did your how did your pitching improve? I just stopped caring. And literally right. that, this is, like, what what's sad is this is one of the last times Robert De Niro actually gave a fuck. Oh, yeah, And he's dude. just like, you just stopped caring, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, man. I, I, cause you know, uh, Robert De Niro is like a big, um, method actor, right? Yeah. And so, like, what he did is he actually went around and, like, interviewed, like, knife salesmen, um, mm-hmm. cause you know, he plays a knife salesman in that film, um, and, like, found out, like, he pulled them as a, like, like what kind of underwear they wore and wore mm-hmm. that kind of underwear. And wow. it was just like, yeah, I mean, he was crazy, crazy method for that film. That's, yeah. like, one of the biggest things. It's like him and Al Pacino were, and like literally the last 
like I'd like to say at least five, six years both and we're just like, you know, we can just show up and Oh sure, notice. totally. I mean Pacino's kind of been there for a long time, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um but there's uh, uh what was it? Um I think that might have been the first the fan may be the first uh Benicio del Toro movie that I can think of. Um, I think it was it was before Usual Suspects. Um, really? And uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, what yeah. year did the Usual Suspects? I think they were both ninety five or ninety six. Were they? Because the oh, I know Benicio del Toro is in Basquiat. I'm trying to remember what year that. Yeah, I think that that's was 93 true. That's true. Yeah. I I don't think I had ever but seen Basquiat. Him, yeah. But you're talking um, him as a that was like a background actor, like right. low level. Like well, he's a supporting. No guy supporting. In there. Yeah. but you're either supporting or you're kind of the back background style with a lot of those okay no no so usual suspects was 95 and the fan was 96, 96. so i probably, probably was his, just that i, I didn't see it's, it's usual probably suspects. his first like big budget movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah. i'll give you that that's what i mean yeah, yeah. It's, it's also where they get in the because yeah basquiat is totally in our house film. oh definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah oh no doubt well i also that's a weird thing too that's like uh uh blade was 98 so i always think of the wesley snipes uh-huh. It's kind of like you were bookending stuff. It's like I always think of Demolition Man to Blade, and yeah. then it's kind of like, um, and then maybe to Wong Fu is somewhere yeah. in the middle there. It's yeah. like, oh, it's like funny. Like me and Jasper went up to Payson a couple weeks ago, and literally I bought like fifty movies. Yeah, he did. Jasper. Yeah, for like how much I spent like eight bucks. <laughs> eight bucks. That literally <laughs> this place five for a dollar. And then they didn't yeah. give a fuck awesome. once I brought up the giant stack. But then I afterwards I was like I bought a copy of Blade on VHS. But then I was like, they had Art of War. I should have bought Art of War because yeah. it was there. Well, we can always go back, right? <laughs> totally, it'll be there, right? So, um, yeah. So Wes Craven. We should, uh, I, I think we should do this. We should do uh, our favorite Wes Craven movie and what we think the most underrated Wes Craven movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good, good one. That's good. You got any ideas? You want to go first? I'll go first. Go ahead, man. My favorite, obviously, is Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. The... You say obviously because I remember last week Victor saying the only good Nightmare on Elm Street was part three. Um, yeah, I mean, I... well, I'm going with the basic. Well, I'm, I'm sometimes basic. I think I think at like if in terms of rewatchability, mm-hmm. that's the most rewatchable one. Like, yeah, let's watch Nightmare on Elm Street three. Nightmare on Elm Street 1 is like the best actual right. Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Right. And the actual strongest movie I would say three is, is definitely, New Nightmare. Yes. New Nightmare mm. is everything that would later become Scream. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. I would say 3 is definitely the most entertaining of yeah. the series. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street... Uh, I, a lot of it's funny now. Like, uh, there's that first part where the Where girls, Uncle Wes touched you. Yeah, right? Show me on the doll. Uncle West being show me with the big Kirby hands. again, big Kirby right? stab yeah. where he touched you. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a part in the beginning when she's dreaming about Freddy in the alley. Yeah, and he kind of comes running towards her. Oh, bro, with the long like arms. You're saying after, that's funny. Yeah. No, You're no, saying that's funny. Not Jasper? the long. Well, the, where he comes running towards her after horrifying with like the monkey run, and he's going okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah, funny yeah. now, but when you think about it in 1984. That was freaking terrifying. I don't find that funny at all. If you put yourself... Every time I watch the movie now, I laugh at that part. Oh, when yeah. she's like on the strings? No, when he's no, like running in the like, first one where she's having the dreams and he's in the... Right after he's like, look at this. He cuts his fingers oh, off. Oh, yeah. And then he's, she's running and he's chasing her. 
but the shot he's like bent over and he's like doing this monkey run. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that. no, that's, that's he's really, laughing, I find but it's so like a, scary oh, still. Oh, 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 you know, yeah. you know, there's and, something uh, about it because because it was the the idea of it of of like it's almost like <clears throat> I'm running to intentionally trying to scare you. Yes, right. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm not running to get to you. I'm running to say like, yeah. aren't I scary? Yeah. Well, that's and what I'm that's saying. What like, I find so terrifying. Watching it in the it. movie, like what I watch it now, and I I laugh every time. But if you think about it, if you were actually dreaming that, yeah, it would be freaking terrifying because it goes back to that whole thing where we all have those dreams where you're running from something you can't, get and no away. matter how yeah. fast you try to run, you just can't run. There's fast, there's some genuinely you know? disturbing scenes in Nightmare on Absolutely, like when uh, Nancy's in the uh, in the school uh, no, in, the, in the classroom, and then like Tina's sitting next to her in the body bag, and then she looks out and she's getting dragged away. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, oh, I yeah. still literally cannot watch that scene. Yeah. I'm not that gonna scene, lie to you. That scene, like uh, that, freaks really me powerful. out. Is well, and the way bit. they did the music and everything for that part was Nancy. it was so freaking yeah. like it's um you know I I watched this really good like it was like one of those like minute and a half like mini documentaries that's put out by like Fandor or yeah. things, something like that. Um, but it was talking about the sound design of Nightmare on Elm Street oh. and how much like that is a character in that film, and, oh, and yeah. you don't realize it until you know I mean. I mean, I, I've realized it now upon rewatching it a lot, but how like just all those really high pitch, those, wee, yeah. you know, all those sounds oh, yeah. that hit you and everything. It's so good. The sound design is tremendous. And, and just, I mean, in parts that you wouldn't expect, I mean, just from, you know, just to, to jab you with the sound to like keep you off kilter. Well, when you think about it, that whole boom, 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 right. boom, the, the, the score, that whole is thing is just so freaking creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Time. That was definitely like the greatest. It will eternally be the greatest of like the lullaby right. children's kind right. of theme besides yeah. maybe like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely say the um the um yeah, yeah, Rosemary's Baby. I was thinking Exorcist, right? But Exorcist is just the bells, right? It's not yeah, actually it's like just, a lullaby. There's no kind choir. Well, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. the the really weird part of the Exorcist is actually like cobbled score yeah it's not a singularity it wasn't mike oldfield just <clears throat> he did tubular bells yeah he took stuff from all uh freaking they took stuff from all kinds of different sound libraries well there was like a piano thing too where it was like ticky, 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 ticky. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about yeah it's, you can't like there's even a little shake percussion to it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking but, about. But um, like when Father Marin first gets out of the yeah, car and he's standing, yeah. and that's when they start the ticky, 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 yeah. The um, but the one that still hits me, I mean, that definitely is the most like uh, sticks with you. The scene in the body bag, but uh, Tina's death is so fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah it is. like it is vicious. It's probably one of the most vicious on-screen deaths. And ever I would like to point out, oh yeah, out. she's just flying around, getting yeah. ripped to shreds. And yeah. that that it's, this that movie's really amazing. Even how they use the gimbal for the oh yeah, death totally. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and how like I'm I'm sure you guys have watched the like making of and They'll everything. Never sleep again. And yeah, 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 which is yeah. like That's seven amazing. hours long. Yeah, and, and they say that like yeah. and how that like what ended up happening is ended up filling with blood uh-huh. and. And then it got all like off balance and everything, and uh-huh. it like wouldn't turn around anymore yeah. because there was all this blood in it. Um, so yeah, that was tremendous. But yeah, I think it's, it's cool that 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 Tina death scene, uh-huh. the set they used was the revolving house from Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Oh, dude, that's where, right. Where You're totally right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the same exact set. Well, yeah. and 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 on on your point, Kirby, I just um, one thing I think is kind of interesting is that I actually don't think she's being ripped to shreds. I think what happens is she just gets slashed the one. 
once. I think if you watch it closely, she's not getting cut over over and oh, over yeah, again. Yeah. Oh, she yeah, gets you're cut not... the once, oh, no, and I think... all he's doing is dragging her oh, around yeah. to fuck with her. And she's yeah. bleeding. You know? and she's like, bleeding. Yeah, and he's just well, letting her bleed out. Well, no, no, no. I, I, yeah, that was just saying the oh, yeah, shreds. Yeah. But it right. is, in a, you're right, it's less, it's the, the grabbing nature in that he's there. And right. he can't see anybody else yeah. in the room. And uh, he can't Rod, do anything uh, about um, it. Jesus Garcia, yeah, he is, um, his is, oh, I'm sorry, Nick Corey. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he is, um, he's incredible. Um, You're right. Man, his, you know, his, performance his performance is a large part of what sells great. that. And it's just always funny to me, though, that the, when I was a kid, the first time I saw him, I thought he was Robert Russler because uh-huh. um, thrashing, thrashing was one of my oh, favorite movies yeah. because I was, I was into skateboarding. And then to see Nightmare Two, and I'm like, oh shit, actually, is Robert Russell yeah. like he? They to me in that film, I mean, just that because he, he looks like Hook, uh, um, the Hook and the Daggers. He looks like the bad boy in it. Yeah, but um, I I just think, I feel like Part One is like the most internally consistent. Like the true. sequels don't really make sense because they don't really exploit things that Part One establishes as fact. Like the fact that you can pull things out of the dream world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, And I'll definitely say that as far as that first movie goes, I mean, to me, the body bag part is the part that I can't rewatch at all. Um, But the the part where he's got the really long arms um, is just, it's one of the most like nightmare inducing. I have that NECA figure. Really? Oh my God, dude. It comes with extra long arms. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, because that's the thing, like, um, it's funny because that's one thing that I, one of the early things I remember bonding with one of my really good friends um, about, and she she is just absolutely terrified by that long arm scene as well. And so we're both like anything that has like unnaturally long arms, <laughs> um, like, uh, like, like, uh, like in spirited away, um, uh-huh. the, the one dude, you know, he's got like the long arms and legs and spirited away. Oh, I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. You know, like, um, the, we can't handle that shit. Weird. Like, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 I can't do yeah, it. No. I can't gifts, do it. Like, gifts have entered the equation. And that's actually one thing that I think is really interesting also, um, in, in new nightmare, um how if you remember like the the thing she keeps on waking up in the middle of the night and her son is watching the original nightmare yeah, in elm yeah. street and um and then she like unplugs the tv and, and it's yeah. still happening yeah. um but it's that it's that body bag part well, and then his his nanny dies the exact same way yep. in the house yeah. yeah exactly Floating around on the um, i will house. say i i feel like that movie would have been a million times more effective if the kid playing her son hadn't been nico hughes Right. Yeah, yeah. He's an because he's, he's uh, what I don't like about him. He's like it's and it's this thing that I find is really common with a lot of like I don't know scary kid movies. Yeah, it's where the same scary kid. It's they use yeah, all the time. and it's not that, but he's always scary. Yeah, you know, it's like even when he's he was normal, like a, yeah. he was he was, and that's one thing I really loved about Pet Cemetery, who you brought up early, uh, Kirby is Gage is like genuinely adorable. He's like a super he's cute. Also the same kid. Yeah, <laughs> is that yeah, him? It is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the same also, kid. He, but it is funny because he okay, was. Okay, well, he's better when he's younger. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Like, it's, it's the same guy. It's funny, yeah. though. You know, it is, it is Miko yeah. Houston. Everything. Yeah. He also is in Kindergarten Cop and Full yeah. House. Okay. But in those films, he's the weird, sarcastic yeah. guy. Right, Kindergarten right, right. Cop, uh, isn't he the kid that's like, boys have a penis. Yeah. yeah. Girls have yeah. a vagina. <laughs> but he does, like. Oh. So maybe what happened is that because I saw him in Pet Cemetery, yeah. it ruined him. And so then I couldn't see him yeah. as a normal kid anymore because i remember in pet cemetery like when he's just normal gauge like he's like oh that's an adorable little boy yeah, I think and the, then he gets so the evil. problem mm-hmm. is after that movie 
like every other horror movie cast he's like in so many horror movies right that kind of right kid. yeah, yeah like yeah. he's in, he's even in spawn he's interesting the kid in spawn. Yeah, he was, i was yeah. gonna say when we were talking about spawn earlier right but I just didn't want to get too into Oh, we're, also, we're still... I need to add this. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I saw probably could be the most horrifying movie yet. Uh, oh. I'll need to check it out. It's Cop and a Half, The what? New Recruit. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. But we're still uh, we're still teasing for that Spawn episode. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, we got to I was going to say, I was going to save it for our. Patreon it was funny. I've, episode, I've, uh, that's what it feels like. like we need Joshua to like get saying. Todd McFarlane. In I had one of our yeah. listeners, one of our listeners actually, uh, emailed me. He was like, he was actually emailing me yesterday morning. Um, and he was like, Hey man, where's the episode? I'm excited for it. Cause we got quite a few listeners of people that I know that have started to regularly listen to the show. But he's like, I'm totally going to watch Spawn, man. I'm excited right? for your Spawn cast, <laughs> you know? So I think we got a mission for this. Probably before the next podcast, we should probably watch. I th- I'm down yeah. for it. I I can fit it in. Right. I can watch Spawn. Let's 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 commit to this. Let's let's do a Spawn cast next yeah, episode. It it's uh, not like a Spawn slash Dark Tower cast because <laughs> oh you know that's going to get talked about. Oh obviously, <laughs> but we'll see what yeah. happens. So yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, it's eternally a classic. You know, I honestly, you could have done Nightmare on Elm Street and New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. as just a movie and a sequel and cut out everything in between and it would make perfect sense. Yeah, but then you'd be missing you know. Dream Warriors. Like, well, yeah, but what Dream I'm saying, Warriors. you know, but you could watch just those two Norma. movies. Dawkins. My, uh, my uh, underrated Wes Craven movie, I'm going to go with Cursed. Oh, right. Which Christina is the Christina Ricci, Ricci oh, Really? Movie. That's a bold claim, sir. I love that movie. and It's the only werewolf movie where you have a werewolf flipping the bird. First <laughs> off, um, I thought it was one of the last actual werewolves, not dogs. Yes, right. Werewolves. That's the other thing. The werewolf effects were amazing. The practical um, werewolf effects were amazing. Yeah. Yes, the CGI was not. Yeah. But I truly think that lycanthropy as a sexually transmitted disease is probably was one a of great, the, probably right, the yeah. best ideas ever in film. Heck yeah! And I really wish they had just. It was really, yeah. It was, it was just really well done as a tongue in cheek kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Whether they meant it to be or not, which I think they did. But oh, totally. And um, that was the problem that was missed on people is they didn't get that. It was supposed to be funny. And I'm a sucker for anything Christina Ricci. So, but yeah, cursed. If you have not seen it, I would recommend going. He's waiting for that uh, pop Funko Christina Ricci since it's uh, perfect for her. (laughs) Absolutely perfect for her five head. Pop Funko. This is what she really looks like. Yeah, exactly. No, that's funny. <laughs> Big head, small body. Yeah, yeah totally. Oh man, and it would have to be naked because that's you know, all her movies. And, um, and chained to Samuel Jackson's radiator. Yeah, there you, you go. Know, I probably have go. not seen enough Christina Ricci movies. So I don't think I've ever seen her naked. Well, yes, no, you I, have. There's that Liam Neeson one where she's naked through I the whole movie. I haven't seen that movie. Are you serious? Yeah. Where she's not sure she's really dead. I, or not? Yeah, I have. That seen movie's that incredible. Movie. I, I would let you borrow it, but. All my movies are in storage, so <laughs> right. But yeah, it's a great movie if you uh, look it up. It's really, um, really good. My uh, my favorite Wes Craven. I don't know about like underrated. I mean, honestly, I think it might be the same film. Is uh, Shocker. Uh, I, ah, I, good choice. I love Shocker. Um, I've always loved Shocker. Not and, to be confused with the Shocker. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely two different things. Um, that's but, for uh, the After Dark I Patreon had, episode. I had my hand on Kirby's knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> jump into the meat. Um, so, 
but uh yeah no i mean shocker's got everything man like shocker You're right, it does. it's got you know it's got it's got like it's like you know you've got your your uh your your slasher film and then you've got your like voodoo magic uh body swapping mm-hmm. uh diving into a television going through yeah. television world um so i i just think that it's so ridiculous so good. it's good yeah, yeah like to me it just it 100 percent works um there's something about shocker that just it just completely works i think horace Pinker is such a cool um, just villain like and and to me it's like one of the great crimes and this is why I'd say that I probably could you know kind of throw in that this is one of the the most underrated or you know just kind of um, underseen as well like I think the Horace Pinker deserves a place amongst Freddy and Jason and obviously there's only the one film yeah. you know and it's a shame that that there is only that one film in a way that's kind of what makes Shocker special as well um, you know, but, uh, but I mean, I just, I think Horace Pinker's so cool and I always like envisioned, well, well, how come there's not a shocker movie and kind of envisioned what the sequels would be. Um, and I just think it's so funny also. I how, think it's kind mm-hmm. of a victim of its time. If it had come out later or earlier, it probably right. would have gotten to that point, but yeah. it just came out in like the it just came before. It, I think it truly was like if it come out during the Wishmaster Leprechaun oh, yeah. era, it probably yeah. would yeah. have and brain scan and stuff like that. There's like four Wishmaster movies, people. Right. There think are. about that. And I've only minute. seen two. So. <laughs> I've and, seen all four. And I think it's so funny because like I've seen. Um, I've seen Mitch Pileggi, you know, who plays Horace Pinker. Yeah, he's Skinner like, on the X Files. Yeah, he's yep. Skinner on the X Files. And he's he's always like in like everything plays like straight laced, you know, like bureaucratic type and and so not Horace Pinker. And I think that's kind of so interesting. It was almost like I don't know if if they, those other roles were casting him against type or if just Wes Craven saw something in him. Um this I brutality. Think part of it too is like uh just like it, it was like when he was st- like you know he was on he was in shocker like three years before the x-files right and he like kind of his face matured a lot in that yeah time, you know and, it, and it's weird like in the past few years he's gone back to doing a lot of like he was on supernatural uh-huh. and, he's and a lot of stuff like that now so now he's got that awesome yeah kind of redneck he was also in sons of anarchy yes yes he was okay. great in that role playing good, a good. white supremacist yeah biker. yeah right i could see him doing yeah. that you know um but yeah i just uh i, I just love the way he played that and I just uh, jonathan you know just the way he just growled things um and i also think it's really it's it's fascinating how it's like peter berg is the main guy in Shocker as well. Um, you know, how would one day go on to direct Hancock? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Battleship. <laughs> you know, more Battleship. importantly, Battleship. <laughs> um, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, and of course now he's doing things like Lone Survivor and Patriot's Day, Deepwater Horizon, and, you know, every single, like, uh, based on a Mark true Wahlberg story, movie. Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and also directed like a bunch of episodes. I believe he directed like the, the pilot and a few episodes of, uh, the leftovers Mm -hmm. as well. Um, you know, so like, which, I mean, I think he did a very good job with the leftovers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just so weird because now whenever I see Peter Berg, you know, I just see Jonathan Parker, Mm -hmm. you know, every single time. Um, but just, yeah, like the, or, or like, where uh his girlfriend gets killed you know and it's just like he loves his girlfriend and then he comes home and like the girlfriend's like in the tub and just her blood he's written things all over the bathroom wall on her blood i feel like this is one of my takes on wes craven too is that he like 
tried to actively subvert tropes. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I know he only produced Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but basically does the exact same thing that Shocker here does, where he like wants the guy to be the final girl. Yeah. Yeah. And like the girl is more like an inspiration kind of figure. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's totally the same. You're right. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's yeah. a very weird. It, 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 I don't know if it, it it works as well in Shocker because they try to add like the whole uh, metaphysical element where mm-hmm. she's like a ghost too, which like isn't really like he has the connection with her because of her cross, and I guess that's probably enough to like. All yeah. right, we're running with the he's a ghost that can jump through electricity, so she's a ghost that's connected by the the cross. Yeah, that's what you have to really like. Yeah, not only is Shocker a slasher movie, mm-hmm. it's also a possession ghost movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the thing, yeah, because there's that there's that whole section yeah. of the film where it becomes like fallen, and you know, like you know, where it's like it's like it's a body jumping. My, my movie. favorite thing is uh, I I think I remember listening to the commentary that uh, Mitch Pileggi did on this. Where like one of the things early on is like, oh, I want to have like something you could tell a limp, right? A limp, yeah. And uh, so like you know, said, oh, limp. And the, the problem was they filmed the scenes with the extras first and the little girl did a super pronounced limp. Uh-huh. So because of that, he had to have a really yep. pronounced one to match. And he thought, oh, God, it's so hokey. It but... looks so good, though. Yeah. I mean, that whole <laughs> sequence of the She's film. She's basically that skipping. That kills yeah. him. Yeah. She cracks me She up, really, man. really does. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I just love how, and there's the one moment, it's one of my favorite moments of the film, is that, like, you see, like, um the, the, the big old buff, um, you know guy with the pickaxe yeah. go and help mm-hmm. out and then you know grabs the leg and then all of a sudden it just pans up to him and he's holding this pickaxe and he's like you know how do you like this body jonathan you know and it's just like <laughs> yeah. so good man um you know and, and the fact that that whole sequence of it's, it's probably 20 minutes of the film and how that is the the kind of thing that they you would base entire other films on and this is just a part of this yeah. and how's that part where it's like it's got john tesh in it and they're like uh, going yes. through televisions yeah. and stuff when they have the whole stay tuned moment yeah exactly so you know awesome. so and i just do want to say because one of the things i love about wes craven look i mean i love okay i just love john carpenter right i mean i love john carpenter his films are tremendous and i would say if i'm going to take their entire oeuvre i would probably take john carpenter over wes craven but one thing that i'm going to say is wes craven still has the ability of creating images that stay with me and frighten me more than I would say John Carpenter does. Uh, John Carpenter films don't really scare me. I mean, they no. may kind of disgust me in some visceral <laughs> way in, some, in like the case of The Thing or something, but they never really scare me. But every time, you know, talking about the uh, the, the body bag scene that you just you just like, you know, hit me with a gif of right, yeah, Kirby? Right. <laughs> or like the part in um, Shocker where he is doing the diving for the necklace yeah. and then there's like, you, you hear the girlfriend's voice going like, Jonathan and then there's the part where she comes in from off screen and like in the water with her arms mm-hmm. and she's like Jonathan and I'm like ah like that still gets me every yeah. single time I it's watch spooky. that movie. I'm pretty sure that's like the 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 whole redeeming value of Serpent in the Rainbow is uh-huh. the very unsettling imagery yeah. Yeah. in the film yeah. like yeah. truly like if I were to say yeah like a hallmark of his career yeah he has a lot of indelible images. Yeah definitely. Yeah. Now, I, I honestly think the big reason Horace Pinker didn't catch on, and I'll say this is, again, part of it is the time. Mm-hmm. I think part of it, too, is this was in the post-Freddy phase where, like, Freddy had become this, like, 
pun right pun shooting jokester that was you know you could get freddie lunch pails he was in the zeitgeist sure and like i remember when i watched shocker at the time i remember specifically thinking oh he's just a freddie ripoff mm-hmm. and it's like he he's more than that i mean he's kind of like he's kind of an amalgamation of like you know uh freddie and chucky and right. like at the same time the whole thing of like oh somebody's electrocuted that's so freaky yeah you know but i think that it's an interesting character like i said it's just stuck in that dead zone yeah yeah but again it's kind of special because it's the only one yeah. of its film doesn't have a bunch of sequels i think it's just a tremendous movie and so yeah i just i love that movie and as you say often victor the best way to watch a movie is on vhs yeah yeah, yeah. and it stands up and it's rewatchable oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah absolutely definitely cool Good. um yeah it's really hard uh you know it's funny looking at Wes craven's filmography of what he actually directed versus what he oh produced. he did a lot of those west craven yeah, presents, all the west yeah. wishmaster so many people think he did those he just west craven presents yeah yeah he's just one of those ones where i mean really the only you know he did one three and seven of um uh, nightmare, and then he, the only other series he did all the way through was Scream. Mm-hmm. Yep. He actually did, you know, every single film, and for Unfortunately. me, which I do actually love Scream for, it's one of the ones that I think really um deserves a lot more respect than it gets. But for my underrated one, I think I'll always pick People Under the Stairs. I just have a deep love for that film. I think right. seeing it as a young child, or you know, maybe pre, I was preteen. It's just so fucked up. It's so yeah, bizarre. Right. It's it is. such a weird amalgam of social commentary, like humor, gore. Yeah. It's just bizarre. And, um, and I think that does go in again to, I mean, I think yeah. that's one thing you can say for Wes Craven is Wes Craven, he didn't just do the same film over and over again. No, he didn't. You know? And it's, um, it's just weird. Like, you talk about, like, you know, frightening images. Like, I think the whole thing was supposed to be the people under the stairs. Yeah. And the scariest thing was Sean Whalen's gums. Right? Uh, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, it, like, Roach terrified me. Talk about me. imagery. Yeah. Imagery. Well, it's also because of the way, you know, like, he talked without a tongue. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was unsettling. But I just, there's something I love about that movie so much and always will. And it's, like I said, I could just go, you know, down the line. It's just it, the cast, the weird S&M. The, um, you know, just like I said, even understanding as a kid, like some of the social commentary, it just blew me away. Um, you know, it, it's really hard to pick, like, I, I probably still go with Nightmare 2 overall as his best film. Like, it's the one I think I would rewatch the most. Right. But also, it's really hard because I love, um, both The Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes Ooh. as his, his early gritty grindhouse era but it's it's brutal dude yeah, like last house brutal. on the left is just an unwatchably brutal film yeah to it's me. very yeah. difficult watch. and even the hills have eyes is a very very unsettling it film. is not to use that phrase again but i really i think one of the things that was the uh the um dichotomy of west craven is he was the most gentle mm-hmm. like soft-spoken snuggle bug kind of right. things he was an english professor he was just such a wonderful kind of renaissance man and uh, you know just very kind and yeah and that's all you really could say i mean it, it just it beams across in every interview he ever did i never had the pleasure of meeting him he really didn't do much uh many public appearances or conventions or anything 
but he really was um one of those people where it's just um you know it comes across in his films um when he wants that kind of tenderness and then obviously he was able he he loves scaring people you could tell he had a lot of fun doing it he talks about it uh never sleep again um so i mean to me it's like nightmare on elm street just works on all the levels it's pretty much flawless um and that's really hard to say um new nightmare is the i would i agree with victor is probably the better movie but it, it, it is that it's one of the few times I will say, though, no, I mean, in terms of like what he was going for in terms Up until of that. like the last 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, I agree yeah. With you. Well, the dream, the dream world stuff, it's it's or where he goes into the actual nightmare world, the boiler room below, right. you know, the hellish, you know, it's difficult. But it's just that nightmare is it's also has its problems because they did go a little silly or a little too funny in parts with Freddy because he was still figuring out who he was. Right. That's its, that's its flaw. Um, it's got a couple of them. Bob um, Shea's interference as well is a big, big issue. Yeah. But, but, but um, Bob Shea did come up with the uh, the stairs pudding part, which I actually feel was really good because yeah, as well, you talked about, the whole can't run away in a dream. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know? And it's, I mean, obviously, like I said, the phone thing is so cheesy. It's like a fi- and where he talks about um oh god his was name the mouth was, on the phone was that um, Bob Shea yeah, I'm no, your no, boyfriend the, now Kirby yeah <laughs> <laughs> they had um I actually feel like dude I always love um my favorite part in the Never Sleep Again is actually all Clue Gallagher's interviews for part oh, two right um, yeah dude yeah seriously. He, he kills me Bob yeah. Bob Shea in that leather outfit. Right. So delicious. In fact, I think I'm channeling him every time I do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was not as homoerotic friendly when I met him. I really wanted to take like a super <laughs> picture with him, and he was not as interested. Right. Um, but um, I really feel like uh, you know, it's really hard for me to pick. I, I easy to pick the underrated. Um, and and only because of Victor's discussion here is is wonderful. Um. E.T. spotlight on uh, obsession films is not in the same way, but I actually think it's such a perfectly encapsulated post 9-11 thriller is Red Eye. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Because no one, unless Victor is going to pull the ultimate rabbi's hat and pick Vampire in Brooklyn <laughs> for some yeah. reason, I wouldn't know. I, I, I was going to say I'd like to give that an honorable mention as I do think Cillian Murphy is yeah. fucking terrifying in in a way in that movie and then right. hilariously hammy in the other respect right but um yeah i guess for me I, I do have a heart because i do love his grindhouse era too i think kills have eyes i'm one of the few people who say i actually think the remake is better um but the remake is literally the film so when you think that they made it almost 20 years yeah. later and it's as brutal back then in 77 it's like I just love The Hills Have Eyes. I love Last House on the Left, even though I agree with you 100%. Well, here's the thing about Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left is that movie that the main reason you own it is for the one time the person comes over that says they've never seen it. You're like, you've never seen Last House on the Left? We're watching it right now. Yeah, you get that reaction out of them. But I just, it's a movie I wouldn't even want to watch It is pretty brutal. It is very brutal. I feel, you know, there was a a time that um, I had a really good friend of mine who was really into film, and um, we don't see each other much anymore, but we used to do a thing on Saturdays. We used to get together every Saturday afternoon and watch, like, three movies. And and he was, like, an exhaustive. I mean, he has a collection of something like six, 
6,000 DVDs um, and Blu-rays. Like, I mean, it, the biggest collection of, of anybody I've ever known. And truly, truly, like, deep cuts as well. Like, a lot of bootlegs of stuff like that. Um, but he's the one that showed me Last House on the Left. And and I'm glad I watched it because as a piece of film history, it's important to see oh, yeah. Last House on the Left. It really is. Um, but, I mean, it's one of the only movies that I can remember being actively angry at like i was angry that this film existed um you know and i was angry that i was subjected to this film without any kind of warning um but you know therein lies its power and frankly the, well, there you gotta are remember that, that was kind of the time period yeah it was a revenge film it's true okay have you seen uh josh one eye have you no 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 that one well, and it really is just... Hooker's Revenge is what I was it's saying. It's just no. the... Um, <laughs> it really have, is just a remake. It's the Virgin Spring. Yeah. So. Have you seen House on the Edge of the Park? No. Oh. All right. If if you want to get angry at a revenge movie, watch yeah. it. I would... I, I, again, I'd let you also borrow it, but all my movies are in storage. Uh, also it also David stars David Hess yeah. as the main yeah. guy. Yes. But again, so I don't even directed know if I want by, to. Uh, you know? It's directed by Ruggiero Diodato, who directed Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. if you want to deeply disturb There's yourself. There's certain, certain films like that that I just like. I mean, and, and look, I understand like worse things happen in real life, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But like there's just a, a, I don't know, man, there's like a, a cold-bloodedness at the center of films like that that yeah. just really do get me angry um so yeah, again last house on the left i mean i'll respect you know what it did in terms of you know i mean it's it's an effective film and again getting back to west craven's just in general is super effective at, oh, yeah. at creating disturbing imagery but it was just too much it was just absolutely well too it's much. basically it's the line that uh henry portrait of a serial killer and a few Agreed. other films have that it's just it's when it slips into almost a documentary yeah. style mm. feel Campbell Holocaust being another one where it literally is. Um, But I just, you know, people have, and I think that that's what makes him more powerful is realizing how Wes was as a person. Yeah. And then what he made, the contrast is so immense. But I think that that's the thing was people, I, I, and I'm just going to say this as a general statement in life that I find is people who are um, very kind and sweet, like you can tell, but make things like that. I find that's the genuine person. Like, I think they're very kind, truly. And I think that they express things through that. <laughs> the people who are like, I'm making Disney movies. I'm like, yeah, how's that pedophile ring right, going? Right. Because uh, I know uh, that uh, that's the truth. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of uh, that episode of Rick and Morty. Oh, here, have a, have a, have a candy bar. <laughs> Ooh, that, that's very nice of you. I am nice most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's oh. a purge, old timer. <laughs> oh, oh, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Rick and Morty and, and Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. bitch. Oh, uh, it's like, oh, bitch. Oh, scary Terry. <laughs> scary Terry. Which is hilarious how you can take one of the most, like, like as Victor said, zeitgeist items and actually make it fresh. Right. Yeah. In, like, the mid. Well, it's funny that he it, actually. It looks like it's a copyright yeah, safe it. version of a popular character exactly. with miniature swords on his fingers instead of knives. So funny. <laughs> oh, man. I'm uh, literally slapping my knee instead of grabbing Jasper. Uh, <laughs> Oh, what about you, Victor? Yeah, what about you, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised this one hasn't come up for uh, most underrated, but I would say uh, Swamp Thing. 
Yeah, dude. I thought you were going to say I really, really thought you were going to go with Vampire in Brooklyn for some (laughs) fucking crazy reason. A Swamp Thing was one I I figured too, but that was more your comic book history. In such a long time. You know, it's interesting because literally the cast is kind of like the all star of early. of early 80s and uh Wes Craven contributors yeah, right. but also it's got like some weird like um you know Dick, everybody mentions Dick Duroc as Swamp Thing because he does play the he's a stuntman in the suit right uh-huh. but uh before he's Swamp Thing it's Ray Weiss as Dr. Yep. Alan Holland yep you know and you've got uh you know Barbara, you got Adrian a really Barbara. good villain in uh Louis Jordan you know? Yeah, he actually is great. Oh my god! Okay, end. when I was gonna say when you want to talk about imagery that that stuck with you and kind of disturbed you, when he turned into the creature and grabbed the sword off the wall and mm-hmm. like charged, that something about that nine year old me watching that was like that's the most frightening thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. Mostly because it was broad daylight when it happened. Right. It yeah. wasn't like a moonlit night with thunder crashing. It was it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. That and the part where the they're at dinner and the bald guy with the turtleneck's like, bah, 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 and he has that seizure and he comes up as that little imp thing and I'm like, yeah. I don't, something about those two parts of that movie just horrid. Like, if I ever watched something that gave me nightmares, that was it. Yeah. yeah I know that seems kind of silly. Because it has but, all the yeah. horror imagery, but it's a fairly straightforward comic book adaptation. Absolutely. And yeah. it was funny because this was like one of those movies, like when I was a kid, it would be on TV. Like, all the time. All the time. Yeah, I probably watched that movie 20 times. Yeah. And, it, and I always was really impressed by the makeup. Like it always mm-hmm. had like this kind of like, it was it was following the rip of the Incredible Hulk TV yep. show. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it does very much feel that way. But it's also a similar story because like, the Incredible Hulk doesn't have the sad TV story, but Swamp Thing actually does have yeah. that. So it's kind of like they fed off each other. And Adrian Barbeau. Honestly, to me, this is the role I, like, when I think of an Adrian Barbeau movie, I think That's of this. It. Yep. Yeah. I don't think of, like, Escape from New York no. or anything. I do think of Creepshow, though. Yeah, yeah I definitely That's, think Creepshow is the first one yeah. that comes to mind for me. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's a very solid movie. The Creature stuff is really... And memorable actually, for its yeah. time and you actually feel bad yeah like when they leave him for dead in his lab and blow the whole you know like oh man this guy's dying with his life's work and now he's a monster yeah you know it, it kind of touches you right. a little bit yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah i mean I, I guess for like uh you know favorites you know like i said uh I mean, you can't really go wrong. Like, I really like Shocker. I also like really like The Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think there's something to be said for Deadly Friend. I mean, it's funny because it's a movie yeah, that's really hard to find. have seen it in such a long time. It's dude. really hard to find, but it's yeah. pretty much like the John Hughes. Like, like, <laughs> like kind of like, like weird science if it hadn't been funny. Again, Josh, I have it on VHS, yeah. but it's in storage. Oh, man, well, as soon as <laughs> yeah. you get it, man. Because it's, it's another thing. It's talking about that, um, you know, that imagery, man. You know, oh, yeah. like, I brought this up on last episode. It's like, you know, when, when Ma Fratelli gets her head exploded by a basketball, yeah. Yeah. or like, you know, the part where, like, the skin comes off, mm-hmm. like, the robot. Like, and I just, I remember, I mean, I saw a Deadly Friend, I think maybe once ever, when I was a kid, on VHS, rented from Blockbuster, or whatever and i still remember that image of her head being exploded by the basketball yeah. i still remember there was like the scene of like the dad and they're like in the basement and it's all dark and like i just remember this imagery is like seared into my brain it's yeah. like well, and again, it's, really, it's got that same feel where it makes you feel sorry for well it's really weird because even when i remember watching this movie a lot when i was a teenager it's 
it's really disturbing on a base level yeah because he tries you know like oh you know he's used like the remains of his robot ai to bring the corpse of this girl he had a crush on right wasn't even his girlfriend yeah bring her back to life and the entire time as you're watching this movie like he's trying to convince himself it's the girl it's really obvious right from the get-go it's the robot robot right in just a different shell and it's like you're like no no remember this is your home and then mm-hmm. it's like no dude this is your robot right. and it's not like because it's a friendly kind of robot the whole time so that's why it's kind of gravitating towards yeah. him and then that's why i remember the stinger so much after it's destroyed and she's at the the door and then like it's coming and then the skin rips off it's like baby yeah. baby yeah. you know yeah. it's like dude but yeah. it, it's just one of those things where it's like you know, it's like the male gaze, like, oh, because it's in a girl, it's clearly yeah, the it's girl. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Even and though clearly, even in that way, it's it's almost like a like a violation. Yeah. You know, right? Even you down know? to her holding her hands like the yeah yeah of the, yeah, yeah. the robot arms for sure. It was um, so obvious. But yeah. I, I mean, I I I'm no, I haven't seen the clock, but I'm sure we're running long. But I do just want to give a little shout out to um to Scream. Um, you know, I know not everybody loves Scream. I, I love Scream. Scream. I think that oh, that jinx. is, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's such a well-crafted film. There's something about that film I feel is just an evergreen. Like, it never gets boring to me, ever. Um, I could watch Scream endlessly. I mean, the, the yeah, other ones the, I yeah. feel are not the same. Um, you know, but I definitely think the first freaking Scream movie is just, is just so, so well-paced. A lot of that, obviously, is, is writer Kevin Williamson, who just, I think, you know, Scream is one of the best screenplays ever. Like that and the faculty, I think, are just um, incredible yeah. pieces of writing. The, the great thing about Scream is the first ten minutes of the movie, you're in it. Yeah. You're freaking in it. Yeah, and I just know? I just want to say I did see Scream I, during its original theatrical oh, run yeah, before too, it was yeah, re-released. And no idea what the hell the movie was about. Yeah. I had never seen Ghostface. I didn't know anything about no. it except yeah, it was directed same. by Wes Craven. And that opening scene went because I want to know who I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. got to be one yeah. of the most chilling yeah. things I've Absolutely. ever seen. I mean, it's still... I'm going to gut you and, like a fish. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the, <laughs> the problem is that... Or, and, and the way that they sold it as starring Drew Barrymore. Yep. Yeah. And then how it was right such a cover. surprise that she got killed like that. It was so, so good. Um, And, and I mean, we really have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Scream revitalized the horror industry. It did. I mean, it really did. I mean, horror was pretty much dead at the time that scream came out like and as films you know fans of, of of genre and horror film i'm sure all of us were like you know totally happy about oh, okay there's another slasher movie that's awesome there's been a long time since so there's been one of these that's been worth anything um and then of course you know we got a lot of movies and not all of them good i mean you know i know what you did last summer and i still know and you know all those kind of films but it also did pave the way for things like of movies that i think are awesome like final destination you know um you know it just it it kind of it was a very important film and i think wes craven deserves a lot of credit for that as well um for you know kind of bringing horror back in the 90s yeah yeah yeah. he definitely did and i mean like i said you can say whatever you want about the mid to late 90s to the early aughts of um slasher revival with the uh victor's all-time favorite Floating head posters, because right, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, 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 like nothing else. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, there's still some greats in there, but yes, it gave more, it gave life to the genre, and, and that's the whole thing is, is that Wes Craven gave, truly gave life to everything he did. That's why yep. it has such a lasting effect. Like I said, it's the love and life he put into everything, and 
Right. To me, that's why he'll always be one of the greats. So Thank you. happy birthday, Mr. Craven. Thank you, Wes Craven. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yep. So I think that was a pretty solid episode. I think so yeah, too. Definitely. definitely. I guess we'll have to get Spawncast going. Oh yeah. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do. I'll. I'll. I'll do it. I'll watch Spawn this weekend. I will too. For sure. <laughs> we will make All a right. solid. Vow. We'll make it happen. So yeah, you can watch along, audience. And, there you go. You know. Yeah. Make sure and watch Spawn. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and check your secret decoder ring <laughs> for the secret special message you from know? straight from Joshua T. Root. Can you trip like <laughs> I do? <laughs> well, don't give it away. No. Boy, <laughs> well, is it gonna be? Is, and is the rap or? Or the uh, prize pack going to be the 50 copies of Spawn soundtrack we picked <laughs> yes. up for 50 cents each. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, if you like what you heard, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. That cult following, those really help, and it won't take much longer than listening to this podcast in, in super sped up mode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until next time, this has been Cult Following, and we had Joshua T. Ruth. Joshua T. Ruthicus. <laughs> Kirby Nelson. I'm gonna cut you like a fish. Jasperino. I'll be right back. <laughs> and me, Victor Marino. So until next time, oh, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>